With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. 18 innings. Are you kidding me? Good morning, everybody. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Awake, struggling a bit. Late night Halloween party. Late, late night baseball game. A, A marathon, really. In the World Series. Woo! Let's do this, folks. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. My goodness, did you stay up for it? There's no way anybody on the East Coast stayed up until 3 in the morning to watch the Dodgers outlast the Red Sox. Listen, I don't care how into baseball you are. Seven hours and 20 minutes is incredible for a World Series game. We will dive deep into all the records that were set last night. Fun note uh, for you longtime baseball fans. This was the first Dodgers walk-off win in, I believe, the World Series. Or maybe even the playoffs since 1988. I mean, that is insanity. The Dodgers win in the 18th. folks. If you did stay up for it, now I know I got a buddy in Chicago who was texting me, yeah, we stayed up for it. You know, okay, just two, what is that, two in the morning in Chicago? That's not that big of a deal. It looks like there was, what, a dozen pitchers used almost by each side. Just a crazy, crazy game. And listen, that starts the chain in motion for what should be a phenomenal sports weekend. We've got some just excellent games in the NFL Sunday College football slate day a little bit light, but I've been so hot with my picks that I'm really into today's games. Eight and two the last two weeks, four and one back to back. If I can pull off a back to back, I think I got to pat myself on the back. <laughs> Start with some cheesy jokes. Anyway, so uh, I did go to a Halloween party. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw some of the shenanigans. 
I don't want to talk about my outfit publicly because, uh, yeah, that's a little embarrassing, but that's what Halloween is, right? You know, uh, you have fun with it. And l- listen, I had to miss some NBA action last night uh, to, to go to the party. We will dive into the NBA. Listen, I'm going to settle this Lonzo Rondo discussion. I mean, it shouldn't even really be a discussion, but we're going to talk about that in about 10 minutes um, because I've got the solution. And it, I'm sorry, guys, you're, you're rushing things. Yeah, I need some patience here. Also, listen, I fired off a tweet last night, right? I, I saw a little bit of the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry annihilation of the Knicks. If You saw that fourth quarter, just a tsunami of points raining down on the Knicks. And I fired off a tweet and all these people are angry at me. Because I called Curry and Durant the greatest duo of the NBA modern era. And of course, now that I'm in L.A. here, all these Laker fans are like, Kobe and Shaq. And then, of course, you got the Michael Jordan truthers. So we will dive into that. But I actually want to start in the NFL because this weekend's slate is incredible. Last weekend, I opened the show saying, you know, nobody knows anything. And I was spot on because I had my worst week in the Super Contest. I went one and four. I was devastated. My Sunday night was ruined. I'm not kidding. When you get in deep into this NFL gambling stuff, and it's fun, but when you're in these contests, and listen, this is a $1.4 million contest. I was tied for first early in the season, and I went one and four. You can't go one and four, and I'm, I'm studying the NFL this week, and I'm like, wait a second. Last week, nobody knew anything. This week, I love the card. Everybody else is complaining about it, and I kept coming back to this. Somebody once told me in life that you're you're not good until you're consistent, right? And, and this applies to anything. Listen, I'm not a good dad until I'm consistent. And my punishments that I dole out are not consistent. And any fathers out there listening, driving your kids to soccer on a Saturday morning, listen, it ain't easy to say no to your little kids when they're crying. I mean, listen, I know you got to be a tough dad, but you've got to be consistent. I mean, listen, You're not a good eater until you consistently can say no to the unhealthy stuff. And for me, that's difficult. You know, I have a rough day on TV, a website, whatever it is. Yeah, I might pop down to the ice cream shop and get a little bit of ice cream. I might do that two or three days a week. You know, Uh, I tell myself no donuts, no donuts, no donuts. And then they just open a Randy's Donuts, which is like a big deal out here in L.A. within two miles of my house. So I casually stop there a couple days a week. So I'm not a good eater because I'm not consistently saying no to the unhealthy stuff. And also this week, speaking of consistency, I picked up a golf club for the first time in at least five years. And golf is the ultimate consistency sport, right? You know, you could come out on the first hole and drive something perfectly down the fairway. You're like, yes. And for the next four holes, you'll proceed to spray it into the woods. Again, consistency. You're just not good at anything. Until you're consistent, whether it's ping pong, right, tennis, anything you want to talk about, sports or otherwise, you've got to be consistent. And right now in the NFL, there's only four teams that are consistent. I think there are only four teams right now that can win the Super Bowl. A lot of inconsistent teams. Now, maybe they can find that consistency over the next, you know, six, seven, eight weeks as they head into December. For instance... Defending Super Bowl champs, Philadelphia Eagles, are they good right now? No, they're not consistent. No running game. Defense is spotty. The secondary is still bad. 
How do you lose a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter at home? So right now, the Eagles are not good. They're not consistent. Are the Green Bay Packers good right now? Hell no. This is a defense that got shredded at home two weeks ago by a guy who actually delivered me a pizza once, I think. C.J. Beathard, right? I think he was a pizza delivery guy like three years ago. I mean, how does that happen? The Packers can't stop anybody. They can't stop the run. C.J. Beathard shredded them. They're not consistent. The Green Bay Packers right now are not good. I could go on down the list, folks. Miami Dolphins, remember? They started 3-0. and People are like, oh, this team's a playoff team. That's a sample size, man. 3-0 and is nothing. Here we are, eight games in, and what do you know? Water finds its level. Dolphins are 4-4, four and four, average team once again. Cincinnati Bengals. I feel like the Bengals are the ultimate litmus test for this, right? We do this every year with a Marvin Lewis team. Bengals will look good, look good, and all of a sudden the inconsistencies pop up and they miss the playoffs or they choke in the first round. Never be fooled by a Marvin Lewis team. Remember, Bengals were 4-1. and one. Oh, last two weeks, consistency or lack thereof. They gave up 73 points in the last two weeks. Still have to play. I looked this up. The Bengals still have to play the Saints, Ravens, Chargers, Steelers. I mean, that's four losses alone. They're they're not consistent. So you can forget about the Bengals. But here's what I think we do know as we approach the midway point of the season. There are four teams that have been consistent. We could start with the Rams. Undefeated. If they beat the Packers Sunday, and I think they will, I actually think they're going to blow out the Rams. And the Rams win in New Orleans next week. That's going to be tough. I actually think I'm fine with ratcheting up the undefeated talk. I'm not even kidding. This team is so stacked. Remember, right now they're doing this without Tlaib, one of their best cornerbacks. They've had a couple injuries. It hasn't gotten a lot of publicity because they keep winning. But the Rams are consistent. They're one of four teams that can, I believe, win the Super Bowl right now. Now, a big test for them, the greatest show on surf has to go to Chicago in December. And I don't believe that's going to be a good one for the Rams. But that's still a couple weeks off. But who are the other three teams right now in the NFL that are consistent? Well, Andy Reid's Chiefs, I mean, they've been lights out. And, And I was talking with producer Gavin before the show. And he's like, you know, this Chiefs team kind of, Feels for real. There's something different here, and I would totally agree. I mean, listen, last year they started 5-0. and Then they cratered and lost 6-7 of before rebounding late to win four straight. And I just wonder, my only question, I'm going to give the Chiefs, you know, one of those spots to win the Super Bowl. They're a team that can. But we've seen Pat Mahomes. You know how in baseball you go once through the order and you mow down everybody and you're feeling good and, Okay, the the hitters, they're picking up some things. Maybe second time through the order, you give up a couple hits, and then the third time, you get lit up. I do wonder, and it starts this weekend, have we seen enough of Mahomes? Can defenses adjust after seven weeks of getting killed by Pat Mahomes? Are they going to adjust? Well, we'll see what Andy Reid will do. I think the Chiefs are one of the four teams that can win the Super Bowl. Now, the other two, the Patriots, the sh- don't argue with me, folks. We know in September... They use it as kind of a preseason to fine-tune things. Gronk is going to return. He's going to get back Monday night against the Bills. 
Julian Edelman's healthy. I think they've scored over 30 points in each of the last, like, four games. They're back. So it's the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Rams, and the other team, you know, they didn't start out consistent. But, man, right now they are mowing down people, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I, I thought last week's game, if you guys watch that closely, I thought Sean Payton coached the best game of the NFL season. Okay? They didn't. I don't think they had a point until late in the second quarter on the road against the best defense in the NFL. He made adjustments, made some tweaks. And remember, the Ravens had not allowed a fourth quarter, uh, I'm sorry, a second half touchdown this season. The Saints had two in the fourth quarter. Two on the road. Now, I know Justin Tucker missed the extra point or we could have seen overtime, but what I saw from the Saints was a consistent effort. They didn't start out consistently on D, but now we've seen it. The sample size is bigger. I think the Saints... I think they can win the Super Bowl. I think they're right there with the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Rams. Now, before I get to, uh, and I want to I play the walk-off home run call here for a second uh, for the Dodgers-Red Sox game. We'll play that in one second. But I just want to, I know some people out there are going to be like, well, wait a sec, Jason. Hold, what about the Chargers? What, uh, L.A. Chargers, come on. Well, listen, I haven't seen the consistency yet. They beat up on a lot of bad teams. We saw an inconsistent effort last week in uh, London against Tennessee. Wait and see with the Chargers. Still wait and see with the Houston Texans. Still wait and see with Cam Newton and the Panthers. And then the two teams that I think are closest to getting in that upper echelon are the Steelers, who've been there before. Let me see them put it on the Browns, beat them convincingly. Not another five turnovers, Big Ben. And, of course, the Minnesota Vikings. We, We know they started slow. Starting to rebound, but if you look at the injury report, the Vikings are beat up this week. If they're able to come out and pull off this victory against the Saints, they'll get in that upper echelon. So a lot of interesting NFL stuff, and just remember this. You're not consistent until you're good. Now, can we play the Dodgers walk-off call from last night, the 18-inning marathon? Courtesy of Fox, here it is. Monsi flies one in the air to left center. Back at the wall. And it's gone! It's over! Monsi, a walk-off home run to win game three in the 18th. Night, night. Wow, good stuff, Joe Buck. So there have been three Dodgers walk-offs in playoff history. Kirk Gibson, of course. In 88, the Justin Turner one in 2017 in the playoffs. And now the next World Series walk-off last night. Just tremendous stuff. Ended a seven-hour marathon. Well, strap in. This show's only three hours. It shouldn't be that difficult. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, who should be the starting point guard of the L.A. Lakers? Is it Rajon Rondo, the spitter, or Lonzo Ball? who celebrates a birthday today, I believe. I believe Lonzo Ball turns 21 today. We will decide that next. Hey, I got a good question, uh, Gavin and Sam. I actually might need um, Isaac Lowenkron to chime in on this about the game last night real quick before we get to the Lakers. Become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. 
Learn more at discover.com backslash match limitations apply. Hey, so real quick, Isaac, are you there? I'll let you go first. Good morning. Good morning. I know you're Mr. Baseball. Let me ask you. 18 innings, seven hours. Was last night's World Series game good or bad for baseball? In the grand scheme of things, it was good because if you look at the TV ratings, and this is up your alley, they were not as good as you would expect two of the biggest brands in baseball to be uh, for the first Friday two games. Night, you know, that's a tough night. Friday night's a wasteland. Well, TV. well, no, the, that's the thing though. The, the, I mean, the the ratings for the first two games, though. Oh, okay. yeah. Everyone was expecting because these are the two two of the best brands in baseball for the ratings for the first two games to be much better than they huh. did. But the fact that it was an eighteen inning seven an hour and 20 minute game this is something to potentially build the buzz but i think the damage from a rating standpoint has kind of already been done uh at with baseball as a nationally televised sport so despite the fact that you have the, the red Sox and the dodgers and now you suddenly have what for the moment is a very compelling world series i still don't think the ratings are going to reflect that from a tv standpoint because the groundwork had not been properly laid for Major League Baseball to get the sort of ratings it did in in the '80s, when the ratings for the '80s were like bonkers, yeah. they were in the '30s. Yeah, no, no, no cable, no Netflix. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and listen, NBA ratings are down to start the season. We know NFL ratings were down, uh, but in the grand scheme of things, Gavin, your thoughts? Like, if you're a young kid who likes baseball, there's no way you stayed up until three. Heck, there's, out here in LA, there's no way you could have stayed up till midnight. Exactly, and I, I fell asleep around the 15th inning myself. So, But also, I just think what hurts it is is the lack of offense. It's it's very hard for especially young, young the younger generation to uh, want to stay tuned in to a defensive shutout, uh, as we saw last night. Yeah, Sam, you want to chime in? I kind of side sure. with that. Listen, 18 innings were five runs scored. This was like a 12-11 game where, you know, massive excitement, but they would go like two hours with almost like not even close to scoring yeah 18 innings is an entire extra game tacked on there if it was about if it was 12 innings with the score we had 12 or 13 innings would have been fun mm. last year it felt like the, uh, the Astros and the Dodgers were having these back and forth shootouts yeah that was really exciting I would agree um this was a little a little too long I think even Dodger fans who you watch look at the stadium in the 17th inning or 18th inning and you're like a lot of them left. I had a buddy who was at the game, and he texted me. They cut off food and alcohol sales at the ninth inning. Which I don't get. Maybe you run out of food, but why wouldn't you keep selling food to make money? Absolutely you know, Just crazy. keep going. You know? So no food or alcoholic <laughs> beverage. I mean, that yeah. seems rough. But uh, Isaac, let me throw it real back to you real quick. Again, we'll get to Lonzo versus Rondo here in a second. But what's the impact for the next game? For the Dodgers and Red Sox. I mean, pitchers were spent. Do do you think this help goes to the Dodgers' favor? I do. Uh, The starting pitchers technically for both games right now are TBD. So we're looking for my prediction being Oral Hershiser and Roger Clemens both coming out of retirement. So from a momentum and and a a pitching standpoint, yes, the Dodgers definitely have that in their favor going into this game. And I would add the Red Sox probably ended up going to bed at their body clock at like 5 a.m., right? I mean, yes, you and, know? and they arrived at Dodger Stadium at 12 p.m. Pacific time yesterday. As you know, Jason, uh, in basketball and football, the players all show up about, what, That's two, right. two and a half hours? I've never understood why baseball players arrive four and five hours before the game. So if they were there at 12 Pacific and they left the stadium at like two Pacific, 
2 a.m. Probably, yes. So they mm-hmm. were there for 14 hours? Mm-hmm. Huh, so maybe this helps the Dodgers and helps the series. Yeah, and who knows where their hotel is, whether it's downtown or whatever, but that could add on, on some time as well. Yeah, yeah that's oh, a 14-hour day. Uh, all right, let's pivot quickly to the NBA. Lonzo versus Rondo. That seems to be the big talking point for Lakers fans. And I got to be honest, I don't totally get it. I don't. I know Lonzo has looked decent, and I'm not going to go overboard and say he was great. He's improved over last year. Obviously, when you were as bad through stretches as he was last year, you can only get better. But first of all, happy birthday, Lonzo. I believe he turns 21 today. Um, folks, look at the sample size. That's it. Three games and you want to start Lonzo? What's the rush? The guy's coming off an injury. He only played in two preseason games. And, and now everybody says we got to start him over Ron. Look at it's not like the Lakers are struggling in the first quarter or the first half this year. Okay, let's look big picture. First of all, number one, Lonzo and Kuzma were buddies last year, tight on and off the court. I know they had this social media back and forth. That's for fun. I'm telling you, these guys are tight. Okay, they anchor the second unit right now. Instant offense, good chemistry. They work well together. So I understand. Lonzo should come off the bench with Kuzma. Now, if you want to argue Kuzma should start over Ingram, I can buy that, but he don't play no defense. Like, Kuzma does not play defense, ladies and gentlemen. He's not very good. Lonzo is a good defender. We know the defensive metrics loved him last year. But I like the idea of him coming off with the second unit with Kuzma. And you want to toss in Lance Stevenson? And remember, folks, I was hammering people, saying, listen, this team is deep. Second deepest team in the league. I, You know, I kind of miss the Raptors depth. Raptors would obviously be two in the Lakers, I would say, our third deepest team in the league. No, the Warriors do not have a deep bench. I'm sorry, they don't. Maybe when Cousins comes back, but they can't go eight and nine deep the way the Lakers can. Now, of course, the Warriors have better starters and better high-profile players, no doubt. But depth matters. And again, look at what happened to the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. Andrew Wiggins sat out, injured. They lose by... 30 at home to the Bucks. The Houston Rockets were without, without James Harden. He's got a hamstring injury last night. They lose at 20 by 20 at home to the Clippers. That's just out one starter. I know, listen, Harden MVP, Wiggins 20-point-a-game guy. The Lakers were without Brandon Ingram, who's probably their second-leading scorer, and Rondo, their starting point guard. They won two out of three this week. <coughs> and the lone loss was in overtime. So, I mean, Gavin, you want to make the case? Oh, yes. That Lonzo should start? Yeah, I mean, um, you can simply look at the, uh, you know, their record with Ball as a starter. And it is a short, a small sample size, absolutely. And to be fair, the numbers aren't totally in my favor. Actually, here's an interesting stat. The Lakers are 21.4 points worse per 100 offensive possessions when ball is on the floor. Oh, wait, is that this season? Yes. But again, that's such a small sample. Exactly. You know, I mean, like, I can't get too worked up about it. But Lakers fans love Lonzo. They bought the jerseys, you know, all that stuff. Let me add one other uh, note to this. LeBron likes veterans. Look at his history. Miami, when he came back to Cleveland, he wants veterans. Guys who are proven. The young guys got to work their way into the lineup. LeBron almost never has played with rookies historically. He trusts veterans, guys with experience. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Lonzo's starting by Christmas, but I do want to add this, and you know I talk about youth sports 
on this show because my kids play youth sports and I coach them and stuff. Just remember, it's not about who starts. It's really about who finishes. Because, (coughs) sorry, in youth sports, you know, you try to rotate so everybody gets a chance to start, right? In the NBA, you are still tinkering. The Lakers have three new starters. Luke Walton already pulled KCP, Caldwell Pope, from the starting lineup and put in Josh Hart. So they're going to tinker. They're trying things out. It's the first month. Like, settle down, ladies and gentlemen. LeBron likes veterans. Right now, Rondo's his guy. But the closing lineup? I think you make a case. You go LeBron, Hart, probably Ingram, maybe Kuzma, and and perhaps Lonzo, or it could be Rondo, it could be Lance Stevenson. And that's the interesting thing about the NBA. You want your closing lineup to be flexible. Be able to defend the pick and roll. And that's why I didn't mention JaVale McGee, who, by the way, has been playing incredible. But, like, you can't get JaVale McGee out there at the end all the time because the opponent only plays guards and wings. <clears throat> Warriors. They're just going to pick and roll and match up hunt to find McGee and exploit him. So... You're asking me right now, I keep Rondo in the starting lineup. I don't really think it matters as much. Now, the closing lineup is what matters because the Lakers were in that game against the Rockets with about five minutes left, seven minutes left. as a one-point game. Uh, the Lakers were in that game against the Spurs. Now, Rondo was suspended for that one. And uh, they were in that game in Portland. It was a one-point game with like four or five minutes left. So the closing lineup is what Luke Walton needs to focus on. I think you guys have it wrong, all right? Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I got to say, I know a lot of people out there are backing what Jerry Jones did bringing in Amari Cooper. Dude, folks, just wait a minute. Just think logically about this, okay? You know the phrase, short-term gain, long... uh, Sorry, short-term pain... Long-term gain? Well, it goes both ways, and that applies to the Amari Cooper trade. We'll talk about that next, but first, here's Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, it was a mere seven hours and two minutes ago that the Dodgers and Red Sox were battling into the bottom of the 18th inning in Game 3 of the World Series when Max Muncy of the Dodgers came to the plate with Joe Buck at the microphone on Fox. Muncy flies one in the air to left center. Back at the wall, and it's good! The 18-inning, 7-hour, 20-minute epic was the longest game in World Series history. Red Sox now lead the series two games to one, game four tonight at 8.09 Eastern. This report presented by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. With True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. NBA Friday night, Kevin Durant scored 41 at Madison Square Garden in Golden State's 28-point victory over the Knicks. Durant scored 25 in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Knicks in the period by himself. And Milwaukee made 19 threes at a 30-point win at Minnesota. The Bucks 5-0 for the first time since 1972. Fear the deer. Jason, back to you. 
Thank you, Isaac. Uh, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Hey, uh, Isaac, interesting thing. Uh, you talk about the Milwaukee Bucks there. So I'm doing my first fantasy basketball. Yes, I, I'm back in fantasy for the NBA. First time in years. Uh-huh. And I missed the beginning of the draft because I was watching Ozark with my wife. And, <laughs> and we weren't paying attention, so I started getting texts. Where are you? The draft started. And for some reason, I auto-picked Giannis as the first pick overall. I spent like $77. I was like, oh, my gosh, there goes my team. I got no chance. Giannis has been dominant, and I'm just rolling through the first week. It's pretty – listen, I, I didn't realize this, but Giannis, he just does everything. Blocks, steals. We know he's a great player and a top-10 guy in the league, but for fantasy basketball, he is amazing. Oh, he's a, he's one of the best values overall in all of fantasy sports when you think about his versatility. Ooh, that's a, that's a hot take. All of fantasy sports. Now, I don't play fantasy baseball. Um, and I will say this, listen – I don't know how much people talk fantasy sports on the radio, but I got a guy at the big lead. He covers media, Ryan Glassby. He's great. He does a great job, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully he's he listening break, out he there. He breaks a lot of stories. Very insightful. Yeah. You hear, hopefully you're hearing that. Not nice. How nice of you to say, uh, Isaac. But he's been telling me that there should be more fantasy discussions on television and the radio. And here's why. Because women don't necessarily gamble. But they will play a lot of fantasy sports. And if you could do a fantasy minute every day at such and such time or a fantasy football segment, who to start, who to sit, who to pick up on the waiver wire, where are you guys on that? Gavin, I know this wasn't on our, our list of topics, but it just hit me. Like, what do you do you do a lot of fantasy? I love it. And, I, and when you brought up fantasy basketball, it makes me happy because you're a, a fellow degenerate like me. <laughs> I, I enjoy all fantasy sports, although I have... I, I might be done with baseball for a little bit now because it's a little bit too long of a season. But um, yes, I am absolutely all in on fantasy content. And uh, interesting, you know, maybe, maybe we could do something here as well. Yeah, that's possible. Fantasy, uh, fantasy updates. We'll see. Yeah, let's let's put it on the list of things to do. Um, however, I want to get quickly to the Amari Cooper trade this week. And I know people are out on the Cowboys, like the America's team stuff. That seems to be over, right? They're they're not America's team. Nobody really cares about the Cowboys at this point. They're just not as interesting as they used to be. Ezekiel Elliott has toned down his act a lot. Remember, he was like Mr. Up in the club, all hanging out with the ladies. Well, once he had that incident that he got suspended for, and I should add, that was such a terrible suspension by the NFL. Sorry, it was just bad. Like, when the NFL's lead investigator says, yeah, we shouldn't suspend him, the evidence here is kind of flimsy. And they suspend him anyway. You know it's a bad suspension, but I digress. The Cowboys have gotten kind of boring. Good at home, stink on the road. You're not good until you're consistent. Well, they're not consistent. So what was interesting was after the Eagles lost Sunday and then the Cowboys also blew a game in Washington, it was still like, well, they didn't lose any ground, and I feel like Jerry Jones kind of sort of panicked because he pulled the trigger on a trade for Amari Cooper. Now, in 
top off the top of your head, you're like, oh, Amari Cooper, that's a win. That was a first-round pick out of Alabama, great player. Eh, pump the brakes. This is a guy who had a high drop rate. He's had drop passes have been a major issue for Amari Cooper. He's very talented. The highlight reel, if you just go to YouTube and look up Amari Cooper highlights with the Raiders, you're like, wow, this guy can play. Well, there's no doubt he can play. He is just a drop machine. And then the bigger picture emerges. And I said, the Cowboys made a short-term gain, and they're going to experience some long-term pain here. This is not, in the big picture, a good deal. Now, the opposite is true for the Raiders and John Gruden. They're going to go through a lot of short-term pain, but in the long run, trading Khalil Mack, trading Amari Cooper, long-term gains. Now, I know you guys know about this in life. You know, I like to use this um, analogy where you're getting in an argument with your wife, and you know you're right, but she's digging her heels in, and there's a there's a point where you, it just clicks. You're like, all right, I got to stop. I got I'll let her have this round. You win this round. You win the battle, but I want to win the war, so I'm just going to concede and pull back. You've got to play these. I'm not saying you play games with your wife, but this is real life. Like, sometimes you got to just pull back because of the bigger picture. And I think John Gruden realized, well, our team stinks. We need to get rid of some players. We're not going anywhere. Marshawn Lynch is now on the IR. By the way, thank you to my fantasy team, Marshawn Lynch, for nothing. And... If you look at the big picture, they're not good now. They probably won't be very good next year. But, ah, they have three first-round draft picks next year. John Gruden has a 10-year contract. They're going to Las Vegas in two years. This is clearly a teardown for John Gruden. And I didn't love the Khalil Mack trade, but I guarantee you in two years we'll be looking at this being like, oh, this is a good move for Gruden. Now, on the flip side, Jerry Jones... I just think long-term, this is a disaster. Folks, we talked about it all summer. This is the year for Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott's good, he gets a big contract. But if he gets a big contract, how are you going to pay Demarcus Lawrence? How are you going to pay, in a couple years, Ezekiel Elliott? How are you going to pay... Amari Cooper, he's on a rookie deal for now, but he's going to want to get paid. You can't franchise tag everybody. The Cowboys are in trouble. This is this is about to get really ugly for the Cowboys. Short-term gain, and listen, I don't know that Amari Cooper is going to vault them into the playoffs. He certainly gives them another option, and the timing was right, right? You go into the bye week, you get Cooper to kind of sync up, if you will, with Dak and into the offense. Cole Beasley's, you know, the white rapper Cole Beasley, who also plays wide receiver, he's all excited. And understandably so. And the schedule, listen, they have the Titans coming up next. You know, we know the Falcons are beatable. Uh, They just lost to the Redskins, but the Redskins are not a great team. And they end the season with Colts, Bucks, and Giants, three non-playoff teams. So, yeah, Dallas could sneak in. And maybe Amari Cooper and everybody says Jerry Jones is a genius if the Cowboys sneak in at 9-7 and seven or 8-8. Eight and eight. But I'm telling you, man, next summer, the summer after that, there's going to be so many problems because they got to pay everybody. And they can't pay everybody. And it's going to get ugly. I just, I, I'm very, if now if Jerry Jones had done it for a second or third round pick or a second and a fifth, 
Nobody would care. But a first-round pick when you're three and four? I mean, in all honesty, Cowboys three and four. Dak Prescott goes down. This team's five and eleven, and you're picking in the top ten. And now the Raiders have that pick. First round draft choices in the NFL are huge, and the Cowboys don't have one. Coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, one of the NBA's biggest stars is demanding a trade, and something happened this week in that locker room because if you saw the team last night, you know they're fractured and a mess. We'll see. What's going to happen with this superstar coming up next? Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I wonder what our listenership in L.A. is like this morning, if everybody was up watching that game. I mean, I don't think it ended till like 12, 12.30 Pacific, so 3.30 Eastern. Like, I just don't know. I That's a long night. And it was, you know, I had said I went to this Halloween party, and, uh, you know, everybody dressed up. It's, uh, I don't know how much of that I should get into, but... There was a lot of people hovering around phones watching the Dodgers. And every time you'd look, the score was tied. And it was like, they're in the ninth. They're in the 11th. It's the 13th. It's the 15th. It's like, what? People just kept like, what's going on? Uh, I will say this. And gosh, I hope the executives aren't listening and I don't get in trouble. But, <laughs> you know, when, when the young guys here at the studio go out, I can only imagine what they see in L.A. from the girls who are in their 20s dressed up for Halloween. Because you know what the girls get. Everything is a, um, what's a better word for the one that I want to use? Um, it's a, How about that? A, a revealing flight attendant. Sexy. Okay. Sex, that's a good one. A sexy Thank version. You, of- Let, yes. Let's go with a sexy flight attendant. A sexy cat. A sexy car. A, a sexy anything, basically. Well, I went to one of these parties, mostly parents uh, in the area. And, like, the moms went all out. I mean, it's like the night where you just show it all off. And some of these moms like, what? what? And at the beginning, I didn't really notice it. And then my wife's like, yeah, um, every woman is trying to do the sexy thing here. Uh, some of the interesting outfits I saw, someone was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Obviously, she wasn't sexy Ruth Bader Ginsburg from the <laughs> Supreme Court. And her husband dressed up as Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, the, the guy who got on the Supreme Court. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I know. it was one. He had, like, a hat with, like, beer and whatever. It was. A, he had a, a gavel? Thing. He did have a gavel, yeah. There was, uh, what else did we see? Steve Nash was there, the Hall of Famer. He was dressed up as one of the Cobra Kai uh, from Karate Kid. It was a pretty good outfit. Uh, there was a guy who dressed up as the new Jurassic Park hero. What's his name? Chris oh, uh, Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt, yeah. Yes, and then his partner was uh, the the redhead from that movie, um, who's very attractive. And, of course, she was the sexy Jurassic Park girl. Uh, what else did I see? I saw an, uh, a pretty woman, Julia Roberts, the one, the hooker Julia Roberts from early in that movie where she was wearing nothing. There was that. Uh, <laughs> there was nice. Se- well, <laughs> the, the sexy flight attendant was immensely popular. Um I think I saw, like, two wannabe Scarlett Johansons, like, where they got the wig 
And it was like the Scarlett Johansson yoga teacher in that he's not that into you. Have you guys seen that movie? I did not see okay. that one. First of all, it's showing on cable now, and you've got to see it because Scarlett Johansson is ridiculously hot in that. Um, so anyways, great Halloween party. The best Halloween party I've been to in L.A. I tried not to drink too much, but... Uh, well, I, I will be going to a uh, uh, Hollywood um, Halloween party tonight Ooh. myself. So I will have a full report yes. on how the younger generation is dressed. Please document that on <laughs> yes. social media so uh, <laughs> the uh, the dads can see what we're missing from the 20-something <laughs> crowd. Uh, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, so I quickly wanted to touch on this Jimmy Butler situation in Minnesota. So... All of a sudden this week, I don't know if you guys noticed this, out of the blue, because it had kind of died down over the last week or 10 days, Rockets offering four first-round picks. And you're like, well, that, that can't be real. The Rockets are not that stupid. You know, the last team that gave up that many picks was the Nets in that KG uh, Paul Pierce deal. And, of course, the Nets are still paying the price for that. And, of course, this Celtics potential dynasty that they have, I mean— it's being built on the back of one trade. So there's no, I just don't buy that deal. But I do wonder if one team floated it, and the team I'm guessing is the Timberwolves, because they got to get Jimmy Butler out of town. I think they've got to get him out. Carl Anthony Towns, who looked like he was on the verge of stardom last year, is a train wreck this year. Now, of course, there were rumors. I don't want to dive too deep into this because it's unfounded that Carl Anthony Towns was dating a woman and then the woman allegedly broke up with him. And then the woman was spotted like in Europe with Jimmy Butler. So there, there's something happened in that locker room because Towns is a train wreck. Wiggins is mysteriously hurt now. And they got smoked last night by 30. 30 by the Bucks. They were not even competitive. I actually wonder if the Houston Rockets actually, you know, if they really wanted that or are they seeing... Whoa, wait a sec. Uh, Chris Paul's 33. He's always hurt. James Harden's already hurt. We don't have any defense. The Rockets are one and four, people. Remember? I bashed them all summer. I said they got worse. Carmelo Anthony's just a bad everything. They're one and four. They're one and four. We know windows shrink quickly in the NBA. Derrick Rose's Bulls. Windows shrunk quickly. Uh, Dwight Howard's Orlando Magic got to the finals. That didn't last long. Folks, I'm telling you. Windows open and close, and right now, the Rockets window looks like it's closing. Coming up next here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio, my main man, Joel Klatt, great college football announcer. He's calling Kansas State, Oklahoma. We'll have him on the line. Talk to you soon. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. A lot of folks out here in L.A. probably just waking up after the 18-inning marathon. Seven hours. Wow. Kudos to those of you who sat through the game at Dodger Stadium. As I said earlier, I had a buddy who said they cut off food and alcohol sales in the ninth inning. So, uh... Hats off to you uh, kind souls who were able to stay and watch that one. A classic for sure. Uh, we got a lot of NFL and NBA talk to get to, but right now 
We're one hour from kickoff in college football around the country. So we want to bring in one of the foremost experts on the sport, Joel Klatt, the great college football analyst for Fox, joining us. He's got, got the call on Kansas State, Oklahoma today. Joel, good morning. How are you? What's going on, Jason? How you doing, man? I'm excellent. And, uh, you know, I wanted to have you on. Uh, you know, you're obviously plugged in on college football. You got a pretty good game today. I know the spread is large, but uh, Kansas State kind of could be a, a sleeping dog here. I want to start with Oklahoma, Joel, uh, because, listen, there's been no real drop-off from Baker Mayfield to the great Kyler Murray, who's putting up video game numbers. I want to just get your thoughts on Oklahoma as a playoff contender. We know they had the loss to Texas, but can they get back in the mix, and what do they need to happen for Oklahoma to get back in the playoff contention? Well, there's no doubt that they're in, in contention. The first thing that you got to understand is that in the Big 12, they're going to play round-robin in the regular season, and then they're going to play a rematch in the conference title game if they're able to get there, and that rematch is likely to be against Texas. So if Oklahoma were to wind up a Big 12 champ with just one loss, their resume would be excellent. Absolutely, I mean, excellent. The only loss would be a neutral site to a top-10 team. Um, the only resume that I think could potentially be better from a one-loss perspective is probably Michigan. Mm. with that loss to the first week of the season to an undefeated Notre Dame team. Um, I think that's the only team that they would lose out to, um, and that's only if Clemson, Alabama, and Notre Dame can wind up the season undefeated. So Oklahoma's got a great shot at this. They're in a position to potentially make their third playoff, but they got to take care of business today. I know that you know you touched on that Kansas State deal. Kansas State has actually beaten Oklahoma two of the last three times here in Norman. So, and this is a team, Oklahoma, that's only lost 10 home games since 2000. So two of those being Kansas State and uh, three of the last times that they were here. So it, it could be interesting today, and, and we'll see the type of character, in particular on that defensive side, Oklahoma has now with the new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I love Bill Snyder as an underdog. Hey, uh, Joel, quickly, I'm curious, your thoughts on Lincoln Riley. I know he's only 35, but we've seen the NFL kind of pivot toward younger coaches, aggressive offensive spread kind of guys. You know, when you're meeting with Lincoln Riley, do you get the sense that he's going to be coveted by NFL franchises in this offseason? Because we know the coaches have made the trek to Norman in the offseason to kind of pick up what he's doing offensively. Well, there's no doubt they're going to be interested. It's just a matter of whether Lincoln's going to be interested. And, and candidly, you know, I asked him that yesterday, Jason, point blank in his office. I just said, hey, you know, with these young guys and the offense, uh, you know, really evolving towards the college system at the NFL level, you know, do you have that itch? And he, and he answered, and listen, you're always going to get, oh, you know, I'm concentrating on, on this job here. And he certainly gave some of those stock answers. But he also said, listen, my family's really happy here. My daughters are happy. My wife's happy. And we've been through an, an inordinate amount of change already in the last year and a half. I'd, I'd really like to see what we can do here and and i believe them you know call me crazy call me gullible but i think someone's going to come after him hard if he takes it good for him but you know i wouldn't be shocked if he stays put this is a place that you can be for a long time remember that mm -hmm. and this is not and it's a total ego play to go to the nfl because you're making a lot of money in college football he's making this year about four and three quarter million that's going to go up over the next few years, and, and in this day and age, I think he's the type of guy that could be at Oklahoma for 10 years, 15 years, very similar to what Bob Stoops was, 
And Jason, you got to understand, over that amount of time with where the salaries are going, you could, in theory, make between 65 and 85, maybe even upwards of $100 million being the head coach at Oklahoma over that time. You're not going to make any more money in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all if he stays put. Yeah, interesting. Now, we do uh, the big fish in a small pond theory, but he's a Texas guy, right? I think he, I looked up he was from Lubbock, Texas. Do you know if he's a Cowboys fan? Because, uh, you know, the Jason Garrett situation could get interesting there. Yeah, I didn't ask him specifically about the Cowboys, but that's the, the team that I would expect would go the hardest at him. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver made a move mm. towards uh, Lincoln Riley, uh, in particular if they go younger at quarterback in the draft. And I know John Elway has been very uh, eager to take a look at and evaluate Justin Herbert at Oregon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all of those things I think would be on the table. Uh, and, and I think that those two teams would probably be the first ones uh, in Norman, Oklahoma, in the offseason, at least scratching the surface and, and, and seeing if Lincoln Riley would want to come do that. And here's the other part of this. <clears throat> I just made the case for why he would stay. Let me quickly make the case for why you would go. Because you're never going to be blemished if you go and don't succeed in the NFL. And we've seen that time and time again. Chip Kelly, Nick Saban are great examples of that. So you can go to Steve Spurrier. You can go try it for a couple of years, and if it doesn't work out, you're going to get a marquee job right when you get back into college football. It's, it's, it's almost like college doesn't care at all your success rate at the National Football League. They'll only hearken back to what your success rate was as a college coach. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, you're not going to lose any value if you go try it for two or three years. Uh, that's a great point. Joel, quickly, Baker Mayfield, uh, his former mm-hmm. quarterback in Cleveland. We know the Browns, uh, Hugh Jackson. We won't dive down that rabbit hole, but any shot? You think Lincoln Riley would move from Norman to uh, Cleveland, Ohio? It would be interesting for Baker. I, I do think that that would be interesting, and that's a roster where I could see him um, you know, potentially saying that's a good enough roster. I would have a quarterback that understands me, that we've had a lot of success together. That would be interesting. I mean, there's Jason. I don't. I mean, I know you're on all over the country, but man, do you want to live in Cleveland? Oh, come on, Joel, don't go there. Well, I mean, let's be honest, yeah. right? Come on. All right, I'll protect you, Joel. We're talking with the great Joel Klatt, college football announcer. He's got Kansas State, Oklahoma today. Joel, let me ask you about Michigan. And we've been on the Michigan uh, train since they lost to Notre Dame, right? It looked bleak, but now Notre Dame's undefeated. Michigan, we know they have the number one defense in the country. All of a sudden, they're back in the mix. Like, they're right there. And what we saw from Ohio State, Nobosa, of course, I actually think Michigan, they could be the better team right now than Ohio State. I know we're several weeks away, and Michigan still has to come out of the bye and uh, take care of Penn State, but Penn State's look shaky. Your thoughts on how the Big Ten is shaking out right now? Yeah, I would certainly think that Michigan's my favorite right now. They're the team that looks the best. I just had them last week. And here's the thing, and, and back-to-back weeks without what I would consider is their best player and Rashawn Gary, they've absolutely dismantled, dismantled two ranked teams. Wisconsin and Alex Hornibrook didn't even have a prayer in that ball game in Ann Arbor. And Michigan State and Brian Lewerke, who a lot of NFL scouts actually like, oh. Brian Lewerke put up one of the worst quarterback performances I've seen in a long time, and he's a pretty good player. So, you know, this, this defense is playing at a level that I think is is rare even for them. And they've led the country in pass defense in two straight years. It would be a third straight if they can do it again, and that's what they're in position to do. Their run game is very good with Karan Higdon. 
Their quarterback is serviceable right now, and I think he has the potential to get better if they take the handcuffs off him a little bit and allow him to make some plays down the field, in particular when he gets outside of the pocket. The wide receivers like Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then a more healthy and now on the field Tariq Black. I, I think Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten, in particular with the struggles Ohio State has had. And here's the thing with Ohio State, Jason, is that it's not just a one, one-off one game with them that they've struggled. We've seen the exact same areas of failure in now four or five straight games. They have an inability to convert in the red zone. They can't run the ball, and they give up far too many big plays. That's an issue, and it's been an issue for about five games, which is why I think it's more of an epidemic for them rather than a one-off. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about this, uh, Joel. I, I, I'm Maybe I'm on an island here. Everybody says LSU's the best matchup for Alabama. I'm telling you, Michigan has a better defense than LSU, and I trust their quarterback more. How come more people aren't well, saying Michigan could, could? And listen, Jim Harbaugh, we know he's a great coach, phenomenal, regardless of what some hot take artists want to say about Harbaugh. I think of any of the contenders, they might have the best chance. And again, I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama. But in terms of slowing that juggernaut down, why not Michigan? See, I, I would actually go the opposite way. I don't think any defense can slow down Alabama or Oklahoma for that matter. So therefore, I actually think it's Oklahoma in a weird way that would be the best matchup for Alabama. And the reason is, Jason, and listen, everything you said is right. You know, everything, and I think Michigan is a far better matchup for Alabama than LSU is because I think Michigan's better offensively. But I think Michigan would freak out if they all of a sudden had to score 35 points against the 12th ranked defense in the country, right? Like they, they don't and can't generally win ball games like that. And the difference is OU, if you said to OU, like, hey, you're going to play Alabama first one to 60 wins, they'll be like, yeah, okay, that's called Saturday for us. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just don't think that they would be out of their comfort zone. And so that's why I've actually looked at a team like Oklahoma. And, and probably Clemson, which is their roster and their defensive line, uh, as the teams that could potentially pose threats to Alabama. I'm not saying either of those would beat Alabama. I think Alabama's historically great this year. But those are the ones that I'm looking at that, that I think would be the most difficult matchup for the Tide. All right, Joe, now listen, nobody in the country's pushing back on Alabama's greatness. That's fine. But I'm just going to say, they haven't played anybody. Okay, yeah, like nobody true. wants to talk about this. I know they're undefeated, and Tua is a machine. He hasn't had back-to-back three and outs this season. Joel, when you look at that schedule, who have they faced? They played Texas A&M. That, that that's the best opponent they've played, and A&M has been up and down. I well, don't, you could I, say the same about Clemson. That's the thing. You know, I think both of those schedules are horrendous. To be quite honest with you, and the only schedule that's worse of of a pseudo top ten team is UCF. And UCS is, is worse by, like, a mile, country mile, if you want to call it that. But you're right. You're absolutely right. They're getting a bye before their biggest game. Then they're going to get the Citadel before Auburn. <laughs> the, the schedule in the SEC is, is a joke, and yet it's not their fault. And I would do the same thing. If I was rewarded for doing that, that, playing that schedule, I would continue to play that schedule. It's not Alabama's fault. That's, I think, the misconception, in particular, when guys like you and I, and I've done it quite a lot, when I rip on Alabama's schedule, I'm not ripping on Alabama. Yeah. I, all I'm saying is that clearly the system is broken when we're honoring what they're doing over what teams in the Big Ten in particular are doing, or even the Big 12. When you look at the Big 12, playing a nine-game round robin and then having to rematch in the conference championship game, for I mean, that's incredibly difficult. I think that the Big 12 is actually the hardest conference to win because of that. Uh, because of that rematch factor versus 
the incredibly imbalanced um, schedule out of the SEC that, that doesn't give you cross-division games on any sort of regular basis. Uh, and, and the fact that they can play those Citadel games in November, it's a joke. But it works for them, and they schedule for championships. It's a far cry from what the Pac-12 does when they put Washington on back-to-back road games you know, at Oregon, Oregon off a of bye, then Oregon's got to go back-to-back with Washington State off, off a of bye, and now Washington State's got to go down to Stanford off a of bye. I mean, the Pac-12, it seems like, actively schedules against championships. Yeah. That conference office is brutal against their own teams. There's no way that they're trying to win championships if that's the way they're going to schedule for their I, team. I like, I like what you said, schedule a championship. Just to remind people, we're not slamming Alabama, but Michigan's gone to Notre Dame and they went to Michigan State, and the Michigan State game was after a game against Wisconsin. They've played three ranked teams. Alabama's played one, and it was at home. I mean, it's uh, uh, Joel, I'm just just me and you because I see you sometimes at FS1. I'm telling you, I will take the points in Michigan in the playoff game against Alabama. That's all I'm going to say. Well, taking the points and calling the win are two different well, things. Yeah, I would, but I'll uh, take the points as well. Yeah, okay. So, so you're in on the defenses. The great Joel Clad, everybody. Joel, thank you very much. We'll listen to you on Kansas State, Oklahoma today. Gus Johnson, Jenny Tapp, Joel Klatt. All right, brother. Have Take a good one, Jake. That was Joel Klatt. Listen, he makes some great points. I, I don't want to go on social media now. I'm sure there's going to be some mouth breathers who are saying, you're bagging on Alabama. Just spare me, guys. That's some insight- <laughs> insightful stuff from Joel Klatt. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm giving away free money. My college football pick super hot the last two weeks. Four and one against the spread back to back. We'll talk about those next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh boy. Well, you know who's back on the ones and twos here in the studio. My goodness. It's Lonzo Ball, isn't it, Nick? Tinder of Nick it out, is. out out last week with his uh birthday celebration. You missed me. So we obviously didn't have any Lonzo Ball bumper music. Well, I mean, it's his birthday. Come on. Lonzo Ball turning 20. Uh, Nick sends me a text last night after I fired off this uh, this tweet about the best duos in modern NBA history. Listen, we're going to get into that. Don't worry, people. Actually, you know what? We'll do that in 20 minutes. It's one of your hottest, Jason. Yeah, but that's not that hot. That's not. <laughs> it is. It is not that hot, man. Come on. We're, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we got Vinny Bonsignori. Hope I said that correctly. Bonsignor, we're going to talk to him in about 10 minutes about the Rams, Rams-Packers. That's going to be a good one. I, I I can't tell what the game of the weekend is. Is it Rams-Packers or is it Vikings-Saints? I mean, I, the Rams-Packers is a, spread, a big spread, so I don't know if technically everybody will agree it's a game, but a lot of people think Aaron Rodgers is going to show up in that one. We will see. Uh, brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. By the way, if you missed Joel Klatt just now, I thought that was like a great 11 minutes, just a just a bunch of interesting stuff. The Denver Broncos-Lincoln-Riley connection. Now, that is interesting. I would think, you know, obviously everybody's saying Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns, makes sense for Lincoln-Riley. Okay. Uh, geographically, I don't know if it's a good fit. And ge- geography kind of matters to some of these college coaches. Um, keep an eye on the Broncos, Lincoln Riley. I-, I like that. That's interesting. I do also think if the Cowboys flop 
and Garrett gets bounced. Potential there. Uh, Lincoln Riley, you know, maybe Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Jerry Jones likes to go big game hunting. Should be interesting. Uh, quickly, I want to rattle off some college football picks. Hopefully get you guys some money in your pocket as we head into uh, the month of November and you start to buy some uh, Christmas presents for your girlfriend, your wife, your side piece, your jump off, whatever they want to call it these days. College football picks four and one each of the last two weeks. I stumbled in NFL. Hopefully I'll write my ship later. But let's get the college football picks in. First off, I'm going into the Big Ten and taking the Iowa Hawkeyes, getting six and a half at Penn State. As we talked with Clatt earlier, Penn State travels to Michigan next week. I'm not saying Penn State's going to overlook Iowa, but an afternoon game, not at night in Happy Valley. And the bigger point here is Penn State's been struggling. Since that Ohio State loss, they lost to Michigan State, essentially ending their season. They're not going to make the playoffs. They need a miracle to get in the Big Ten title game. And you could see that. They struggled against Indiana badly last week. And again, Michigan next week. And listen, if you haven't seen Iowa quarterback Nate Stanley, he's a pro prospect, okay? And Iowa can get to the Big Ten title game. I'm taking the six and a half points there with Iowa at Penn State. Next up, I know this isn't, and I talk about this on my podcast. I got a gambling podcast podcast called Coming Up Winners. We talk about a spot. Purdue is in a bad spot, okay? Last week, of course, the big win over Ohio State. Everybody saw it, national TV. They've been celebrating in West Lafayette all week. Now they got to travel to Michigan State, right? You're thinking letdown. There's no way they can match the energy. Well, Michigan State is really, really beat up. Their quarterback, we don't know his status. Uh, He may not play. The wide receiver, their number one receiver's out. Their top running backs hurt. They are so beat up. They only had 94 yards of offense against Michigan last week. I think Purdue can go into East Lansing and win outright. They're getting a point and a half. I like Purdue. The fishy line of the week award goes to the Missouri Tigers. They're favored by seven over Kentucky. Now, if you're not a huge college football fan, you may not know Kentucky's ranked. They're 12th in the country. How on earth are they seven-point underdogs? At Missouri. Missouri's 4-3. and three. What's going on here? That's why this is the fishy line of the week. Somebody knows something. Kentucky, guess who they play next week? Georgia. Huge game. Massive game. And Missouri at home, they, they did cover against uh, mighty Georgia. Covered 14.5. I like Drew Locke in this spot. Uh, and I'm taking Missouri favored by 7. I know that's a lot, but I'm taking the Tigers favored by 7 at home. Next up, I'm going to go with another Iowa team, the Iowa State Cyclones. If Iowa Sam is still in the building, he probably loves this. And not only am I taking Iowa plus 6.5, I'm taking Iowa State favored by 3.5 against Texas Tech. Now, Iowa State started slow, but they've been bouncing back. Their NFL running back, David Montgomery, he's healthy again. And here's the reason I'm fading Texas Tech. I know Kingsbury has them rolling. They're 5-2. and two. But they host Oklahoma next week. Massive game, right? Huge game in the Big 12. Texas Tech's good this year. And they're actually playing some defense. But in the last four years, before the Oklahoma game, Texas Tech, 0-4, 1-3 against the spread. Give me Iowa State, favored by 3.5. And And finally, the only team that cost me money last week, the Mississippi State 
Bulldogs. I had them at LSU, and they couldn't deliver. Now, they weren't awful in that game, but the four turnovers killed them. They moved the football well. Statistically, they matched LSU, but the four turnovers were a killer. I'm going back to Mississippi State, and here's why. The public saw that game, Mississippi State-LSU, last week. It was a national TV game. The public, Joe Public, who's like, ah, give me 20 bucks on whatever team. Give me 100 walking into a casino this weekend. The public is 86% on the road underdog. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. Texas A&M has covered against Clemson. Uh, they covered against Alabama. So the public is going to ride with them. I think Mississippi State beats them handily here. Covers two and a half. So there are there you have it. Iowa plus six and a half. Purdue plus one and a half. Iowa State favored by three and a half. Missouri favored by seven. And Mississippi State favored by two and a half. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We're going to talk about the game of the weekend in the NFL. Rams-Packers with a Rams insider. That's next. But first, here's Isaac Lowenkron with the latest in sports. Hey, Jason, we actually have some breaking baseball news. John Heyman of MLB Network just reported that the New York Mets have a deal in place to hire agent Brody Van Wagenen as their new general manager. Now, Van Wagenen is currently the co-head of Creative Artist Agency's baseball division. He's negotiated deals for Robinson Cano, Ryan Zimmerman, and the Mets' own Jonas Cespedes. Forbes estimated Van Wagenen made $25 million worth of commissions. So why he would go from being that to the GM of the Mets is beyond me, but each his own, I guess. One final note, Van Wagenen is believed to be the first high-ranking sports executive to be named Brody. I'm sure the likes of Chad... Tanner and Logan are not far behind. On the field, Game 3 of the World Series was still going about eight hours ago until the Dodgers' Max Muncy came to the plate in the bottom of the 18th inning with Joe Buck at the microphone on Fox. Muncy flies one in the air to left center. Back at the wall and it's gone! It's over! Muncy, a walk-off home run to win Game 3. Eighteen innings, seven hours, twenty minutes—the longest game in World Series history. Red Sox now lead the series two games to one. Game four tonight at eight oh nine Eastern. One college football note: Wisconsin quarterback Alex Hornibrook out with a concussion today against North Jack Cohn will start in his place. So an agent is the new general manager. It looks like of the New York Mets. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before CAA's Nick Khan becomes the general manager of an NBA team. Jason, back to you. Well, Wow. Wow, Isaac, I can't believe you just said that. What is the, cl- what is I was, cl- I was in the middle of texting Nick Cod, so what are you going to run a network? <laughs> oh, that is hilarious, Isaac. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, the game of the weekend in the NFL. I'm sorry, it has to get that clout, not just because it's the Fox game, but I actually think it's better than Viking Saints. The Rams-Packers, you've got the best team in the NFL, the undefeated Rams, 
coming home for the first time in a month, hosting, and I know people aren't going to like this, but I think the best quarterback, the most talented quarterback in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers. I know Brady uh, has won more, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but on a talent level, give me Aaron Rodgers. I think he's incredible. That's the game Saturday afternoon. Now, I may be in the building for that. We'll see. Uh, My son actually has to go to a birthday party. And it's like a friend, you know, we're, we're friends with the family. So uh, they're going golfing. And my son's like, Dad, I stink at golf. You got to come with me. So I may have to go to that. I'll have the game on my phone. Don't worry. But to talk about Rams Packers, we're bringing in the Rams beat writer for The Athletic. He also is on AM 570 LA Sports. Vinny Bonsignor joining the show. Vinny, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? And on top of all that, you have two former Cal quarterbacks. Ooh. Playing at the Coliseum of all places. And the last time Aaron Rodgers was at the Coliseum, he almost took uh, number nine Cal uh, to an upset over then number one USC. Uh, completed 23 straight passes That's in that game. So right. he's coming back to uh, to maybe slay some dragons on his own uh, to try to uh, you know uh, get it right at that, at that stadium. That's wild. Uh, great point, Vinny. I actually remember watching that game on TV, and I was like, this guy's good. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Remember, You remember that? I think 20, what, 23 straight passes, you said? Yeah, twenty-three straight passes, uh, and then they they fell short at the fourteen-yard line uh, for the go-ahead touchdown. And one little added note to that: a ten-year-old Jared Goff was watching that game uh, up up in Northern California, and his favorite team was the San Francisco 49ers. They had the number one pick, and he told us this week that he was really the ten-year-old Jared was really mad when the 49ers didn't take uh, Aaron Rodgers, the local kid from Cal, with the number one pick in the draft uh, uh, that year. So a lot of connections uh, uh, in this game, on top of the fact that it's a really good Rams team, and I agree with you, the best quarterback of the NFL and Aaron Rodgers. Well, now that was the draft they took Alex Smith, and uh, right, of Utah, and I think Aaron yeah. Rodgers just, he sat in the green room forever. And I right. think some of it was, what, ego? Like, people thought he was just like, too cool, or he 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 rubbed some people the wrong way. Is that why he fell in the draft? Um, there was there were a lot of. Uh, I'm sure that that was part of it. Uh, you know, people sometimes you don't need a quarterback. You know, so there were so there weren't uh, the the teams that that came up between one and twenty four, which is where he ended up going. Didn't need a quarterback, but that chip that you saw on his shoulder, he's been carrying it his <laughs> whole life. Um, you know, even had to go to the junior college route before going to Cal. Uh, obviously slipped in the in the draft, sat behind uh, Brett Favre for, for many years. So that chip is still there, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I think the Rams, you know, have to be uh, on their A game to, to deal with an Aaron Rodgers who still, to this day, all these years later, still the best quarterback in the NFL, but plays like he's underrated, which in a lot of ways he is. We're talking with Vinny Bonsignor, Rams beat writer for The Athletic. Vinny, let me ask you. There's some doubters this week, believe it or not, on the Rams. I'm actually seeing uh, a lot of people saying, well, who have the Rams beat? You know, oh, they beat the Cardinals and the Raiders and some stinky teams. And I just, I don't understand where this is coming from. I mean, do why do you think there is a little bit of doubt about the Rams at this point? Um, well, I, I still think there's some lingering from 2016 and the 10 years or so before that when they were one of the worst teams in the NFL for the longest period of time. Uh, and then they were just so bad in 2016. But, you know, I, I, I flip it on uh, the people who say that they haven't uh, beaten anybody. You look at Seattle, and they're getting it together. That's a Pete Carroll type of a team. And, and I had somebody from the Rams tell me this week, you know, you go back to when Pete, you know, the Legion of Doom, they were nobodies before they became 
the Legion of Doom. He's kind of recasting that uh, up in Seattle. I would say that they're going to knock on a door uh, of the wild card before it's said and done. And the Vikings are a good team, and they're getting it together, too. They beat the Vikings. Uh, they went on the road to beat Seattle. They went on the road to beat Denver on back-to-back weeks. I'd like to find out the last time somebody did that, uh, you know, in those weather kind of conditions to beat a uh, Seattle in Seattle, Denver in Denver on back-to-back weeks. So they've played teams. They've played some good teams. They've handled their teams, you know, uh, who, who they have played. Um, they're 7-0. and There's a reason for that. They're one of the best offenses in the league. They've got one of the best defenses in the league. They've got an MVP caliber running back uh, in Todd Gurley, a great quarterback in Jared Goff, and a destructive force defensively. Um, you know, in Aaron Donald, he flexed his muscles uh, on Sunday with four, four sacks against the 49ers. So they have star power. They have a coaching edge, I believe, on both sides of the ball, and you want to throw special teams in there as well. So to me, it's a complete team. I don't know why people are doubting them, but I think when it's all said and done, uh, they're going to make even the doubters believers. Uh, Vinny, now the Packers coming off a bye. Before, the, when we last saw the Packers, they gave up 30 points to C.J. Bethard uh, <laughs> and the 49. I mean, that was, I, I'm watching that game. I'm like, what? how bad is this Packers defense? They can't yeah. stop the run. Like, not at all. This is a, we're talking about a team right now. I think Football Outsiders has them 29th in the league against a run. You're telling me Todd Gurley's not going to eat these guys up? Well, you know, and the Rams are the best running team in the NFL. And if you look at the stats, um, you know, their ratio, their 51-49 pass rush, which is in today's NFL, you know, uh, pretty darn good balance. The only, the only team that's even, that's more balanced than them are the, are the Seattle uh, Seahawks. But but what, where the Rams are different is that they're the a top three scoring uh, uh, offense while having that kind of a uh, balance. And I agree with you. This is a recipe for disaster for the Packers when you talk about having a Todd Gurley going against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL and a team that can't run the ball on their own. So, um, you know, I, I kind of see that the Rams are going to make this a one-dimensional game and put it into Aaron Rodgers. That's not Aaron Rodgers' handle, which is not a bad thing if you're a Packers fan, but his lack of mobility right now with the knee injury uh, I think is going to hinder him a little bit, and I think that I, I, I'm not saying the Rams are going to blow him out, but I don't think that this is going to be uh, one of the nail-biters. I think they're going to handle him pretty good. All right, Vinny, let me get you out of here with this one. When you look at the situation with the Packers, uh, not the NFC's loaded. They have the Patriots next week. I mean, is there any chance Mike McCarthy's fired, you think, if they really look embarrassing here and the Rams blow them out? And the reason I think the Rams are big is the play. The public loves the Packers here, and you never want to be on the same side as the public, or not often. And right. I, I, just, I just think McCarthy's been underwhelming as a head coach. You're obviously not getting rid of Rodgers. He's there. You can only change the coordinator so much. I mean, do you think this is a game where McCarthy kind of is worried, start to worry about his job? Well, I mean, if they if 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 they get you know uh, boat raced in this game, and then like you said, right next <laughs> next up is the is, is the Patriots. If they're if that's not a good showing these these two weeks in in, in embarrassing almost fashion, then you're going to have to start talking about that because the one common denominator uh, in all this is Mike McCarthy. Yeah. And they haven't gotten to that next level where a quarterback of the caliber of Aaron Donald, or excuse me, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you'd figure would be there knocking on the door every single year. They haven't, and there has to be a reason for that and a culprit, so to speak. So he would be the, the logical choice. But I don't see the Packers necessarily doing anything during the season. I think if they were going to make a change, it would be uh, it would be after the season. But it is Aaron Rodgers, and it's still a long season. There's plenty of time for them to get it back together and be, you know make a a division run or a wild card run, but they've got a really tough schedule coming up, uh, and it starts 
on Sunday against the Rams, and this could be the defining part of their season, absolutely. All right, good stuff. Vinny Bonsignor, give him a follow on social media. He's at The Athletic, covers the Rams. Vinny, enjoy the game this weekend. All right, and uh, good luck with the golfing tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you, Vinny. Uh, Yeah, we'll see about the golf. I got to get out of that somehow. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I only think there's four teams that can actually win the Super Bowl right now because you're not good until you're consistent, and these four teams are consistent. That's next. More Lonzo Ball, really? (laughs) It's his birthday. Come on. Jeez. I mean, the biggest Lonzo Ball fan on the planet showing up here with a powder blue LT jersey. Who should be the starter, by the way. Oh, boy. (laughs) Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Pros in the know start with Lowe's and save 5% on eligible purchases every day made with a Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% savings in-store and online, subject to credit approval. Cannot be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply. See store for details, U.S. only. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We have a special guest in the studio. We don't do in-studio guests a lot. We've had to turn away a couple IG models who want to stop by. Um, <laughs> why was that? <laughs> that's a de- yeah, obviously the guys are like, what the hell? What, what, why would you do that? Um His name is Preston Johnson. He covers sports gambling uh, for a lot of places. You probably know him on on social media as at Sports Cheetah. Preston, thank you for joining the the show today here in the studio. Thanks for having me in. It's a lot better than just, you know, making a call and the quality stinks. And plus, Preston was at the game last night. Dodgers, 18 innings. He's wearing a Andre Ethier jersey. What, what's the deal with Andre Ethier? You, you know what? This is actually the only Andre Ether jersey that I think exists. It's actually a misprint <laughs> on the back. Yeah, it's a misprint. So I think I have the only one, but it's good luck. I'm now 5-0 and wearing the Andre Ether jersey, so I'm wow. wearing it again tonight. And you're going, so, boy, what a baller you are, huh? I'm, no, no, no. They're not my season tickets. I won't even take credit for that. My dad has season tickets behind home plate. So ah. I, I go, he, he's chopped some up with some friends and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm going now. But I just make the trip from Vegas down to, to go to the games. Wow. So, uh, you know, guys, I talk on this show a lot about how there's a gambling gold rush happening in sports, kind of in the same way that there is, you know, the marijuana stuff is popping up all over the country. Cannabis, you can make a lot of money doing that. I think that's going to happen in sports gambling. And Preston is kind of one of the guys who's starting to get in the mix. I'm sure you see him uh, all over social media. He's now doing some stuff for ESPN Chalk. Uh, Where where else can we find you, Preston? Yeah, Fantasy Guru Elite is a DFS site that actually started doing sports betting content this past year. So I've been doing a lot of stuff for them. And then ESPN, my, my favorite thing I've probably done in a long time is writing their a weekly NFL column there. It's been a lot of fun trying to, because you don't want to just educate people and, and list a bunch of numbers and in a column it ends up being pretty boring. So you have to try to keep it lively and fun, but while you're also educating. And so I've been I've been doing that each week on Tuesday that goes out. Uh, and that's probably my favorite thing I'm doing right now, to be honest. But of course, people want picks above yes. all. Give yeah. me the picks. You have to give recommendations. Otherwise, there's no yeah. point in reading either. And, and I know you'll do like a what? You do a lean if you don't love a pick, you guys will go with a lean. So I had, yeah. you know, every week we have um, T.A. joining the show. I don't know if you know him on yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, Twitter, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, saw, I found him on Twitter like three years ago. So he does NFL picks every week. He couldn't join us this week. I joked to him, are you dodging us because you've had two straight rough weeks in the Super Contest. I had my worst week last week. I went one and four. I'm officially out of the money. Super pissed about it. 
we won't get into Isn't it. Isn't it amazing, real quick, that, that you can have one one and four a week after the start you had? I didn't know you went one yeah. and four, and you're out of the money. Yeah, you have I, to just run that I'm, hot. All I'm the devastated, time. and it's so hot to it's so hard to stay hot. So uh, we're gonna have Preston. We're gonna give our super contest picks here at nine o'clock uh, Pacific time. So about ten minutes. But I wanted to bring you in, Preston. I said earlier in the show, I only think there are four consistent good teams in the NFL that could win the Super Bowl now. I'm going to give you the four teams. You tell me if I'm missing any or you would drop any out. Obviously, the Rams, I think, can win the Super Bowl. No doubt. No disagreement. I think the Patriots can win the Super Bowl. They're now healthy. I know the defense is spotty, but they're obviously there. The other two teams I have, and, you know, again, feel free to disagree. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, and we've seen this with Andy Reid before, the hot starts and then they fade I don't know. Something feels different. I feel like this team can win the Super Bowl. Would you agree or disagree? Their defense isn't very good. Yeah. I think it's still the third or fourth worst in opponent yards per play. I, I would say that's their downfall. But if they're able to just score that much more than everyone else for an entire season, rather than just you know six weeks, seven weeks, then maybe. I, I'm not, I would definitely not count them out. So they're definitely in the top four. In the I top think, four. And sure. then the, uh, the fourth team would be the Saints, who started yes. inconsistently. Uh, you know, again, gave up 48 to the Bucks at home in the opener, really struggled against the Browns, who we now see are a bit of a fraud. But I think the Saints are in that class. They've played well. The, the performance, I thought, last week against the Ravens, and yes, I had Baltimore in the contest, I thought that was one of the best coached games by Sean Payton. He was aggressive on fourth down. I think they were four for five on fourth. And scoring two TDs in the fourth quarter against a team that had not allowed any second quarter, the second half touchdowns all season. I was impressed. He generally makes a ton of good adjustments at halftime. I think he only had seven points at half. So, yeah, that was that was one of the better coach games. They'd be in my top four as well. And then, like, fringe teams, I think you can't really count the Eagles out yet. We know who they are. I, it, it's tough, too, I think. <sighs> and then the other one would probably be but wait, the, wait, the Steelers. Hold, wait, let me, let me challenge you on the Eagles. Uh, beat up, right? No running sure. game whatsoever. Uh, the secondary is in shambles. They got guys in sh- off the street. They're, pu- they're putting yeah. in the secondary to start. Now... You know, it took Cam Newton three quarters to find that out, but I don't know that they're there yet. They're not there yet, but if, if they end up winning a division that's pretty bad, let's right. be honest, and they're there and they're more healthy in two months, I mean, I don't think you can count them out for making a run. They did okay. it last year with Nick Foles. This is true. I, okay. I, just, I think they're like that fifth team that's probably borderline in the, in the semi-contender list. And then Vi- I had the Vikings and Steelers. Yep. We'll find out a lot about them this weekend. Like Mike Tomlin better come off a bye and show up and really pound the Browns and prove, hey, we're for real. We're back. Yep, that's actually one of my super contest picks. I think eight's yes. low, and they have to, yeah, nice. they have to go out and beat them good. Um, who? Uh, what about the Vikings? I feel like the defense is bad now. I don't know if you see the injury report for those guys. This like week. twelve guys, yeah. dude. They're going to be down like six starters. Yeah, it's they would be seventh just because, and I think they're better with Kirk Cousins offensively. I love but, Kirk, Cousins. but defensively, yeah, they've dropped off. If they had the same defense they did this last year, this past year. I mean, they would be right there, I think, in that top four conversation. The fact they're a dog at home to the Saints, is that like the, the revenge spot of the year because of that last-second play in the playoff at the buzzer, 61-yard yeah. pass? Minnesota. Minnesota here. should never be a dog at home, even to the Saints. I, I think that's, they should be like a two-point favorite. They're a two-point dog now. Interesting. I wonder if we'll find out that you went against me. and I, I, I'm all in on the Saints this weekend. Hey, the left side of the Vikings line? Could miss the game. I mean, uh, that's not good news against, or maybe it's the right side, but they're going to have a guard and tackle potentially out for this one. I, 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 I like the Saints. All right, so coming up next here on the big lead Fox Sports Radio, we're going to give out our super contest picks. We do it every week. 
Preston Johnson in the studio, Sports Cheetah, and your boy, J-Mac. I'm struggling, folks. I'm in a funk. I promise to snap out of it. That's next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. High noon on the East Coast, ladies and gentlemen. College football kicking off around the country. Not an amazing slate of games today, so we will open this hour talking about the NFL. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. So you know how we do every Saturday. We offer the super contest picks. Usually my guy T.A. joins us. He cannot this weekend. So we have a special guest in the studio, a professional gambler. Yes, it's true. He actually gambles for a living. Fascinating story. He was just telling it to me in the break. His name, Sports Cheetah. At Sports Cheetah on Twitter, Preston Johnson joining the show. Preston, thanks for coming in the studio. No, I appreciate it. It's fun to be here. Uh, so now you are a professional gambler. I don't know how much of this you want to tell on the air, um, but how long have you been doing this? Just to give the readers a sense of uh, what it's like out there for a sure. professional gambler. Sure. No, it's it's been a while now. I think I was I was playing online poker originally at the end of high school and doing all right in that. Played it in college, paid for college with it. And then Black Friday happened, which would have been about eight years ago now. Yep. And we couldn't play online poker anymore. And so I, I had like a bankroll set aside for online poker that I was, well, what do I do with this now? And I was like, you know, I've always liked sports. I was actually studying sports psychology at the time. I had my master's degree in sports psychology. And I was, you know, I could probably do this. And it's very numbers oriented. And I had the kind of bankroll management, I guess you'd call it from poker, that I could apply to betting. And so I just went for it. And for the first few years, it, it was slower, and I was betting a lot less than, you know, than I am now per game. Um, but that's part of, I guess, the learning process and experience. And so now I think seriously betting, it's probably been seven to eight years. But I was wow. probably betting for a year or two before that, just kind of on my own. So we know that you can get an edge betting like the WNBA. You know, there's a, a, the, sure, a sure. tennis. You can make a lot of money. Are you that kind of guy, like looking at everything, or are you just focusing NFL, college football, NBA? You need to try to look at everything. If there's an edge, you're supposed to be betting it, no matter what. There are guys out there betting WNBA or tennis or soccer or or props, right? Like they're only betting NBA over-unders on assist props or points, rebounds, props. I, I don't have time to do everything. I'll be honest. I yeah. think it's unrealistic if someone says, I win betting every league in the world. That's just not possible. I do NFL, college football. College football is my main money. That's my highest ROI of any league. And then I'll do the NBA and college basketball. Wow. All right. Let me give you my college football picks before we get to NFL real quick. Tell me if you like any of these. I okay. took Iowa State favored by three and a half. Sure. I think that ended up closing like five and a half, six. Really? So you got a good move there if you nice. put three and a half. Uh, I took Missouri favored by seven against Kentucky. That line's so funky. I know. I'm actually <laughs> against you just because I usually just play the numbers. And, and, I, and Missouri last week was my biggest bet of the season, but I, I took Kentucky plus seven. It was a smaller bet, but... I had it like three and a half, so wow. I had to just yeah. Play. The, something something seems up. You there. might be right. It might be fishy, and Missouri just wins. You know, twenty eight to zero at halftime, and it's easy. I know it's a bad spot, but Purdue plus one and a half at Michigan State. It's a sharp bet, actually, because automatically you're thinking it's the worst spot. Everyone's going to back. How is right. Michigan State a one point favorite at home? I think Lewerke is out. Officially he is. It's official. Nice. Yeah. So you All have right. that, and Purdue actually ended up closing a favorite, or if, it might still be open on the. It's not. It's nine o'clock, but I'm not sure if they started at nine. But that's a good bet too. I think that's going to be a winner. I took Iowa plus six and a half in Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State has Michigan next week. I'm opposite on you that, but, uh, but I laid four and a half. So if if, oh, Penn, State, if Penn State wins by six, I, I laid it early in the week. We can both be winners on this <laughs> game, so I'll root for that. But A middle, yeah. This is one of those things where Iowa's, everyone's been trying to 
know, bet against them as they were a favorite. And now that they're a dog and they've just been blowing everyone out, it, everyone's going to be backing Iowa as a dog, it feels like. So it's one of those. And it's, I had the number at 8.1. So, so public you, goes, public's on Iowa? I think it's a popular underdog. Oh, yeah. dang it. And then finally, Mississippi State favored by two and a half at home. Another spot in hopes. Listen, I, I saw that LSU game. They were not good. Mississippi State wasn't good, but either was LSU. Yeah, were, I know. LSU yeah. so overvalued. Like one, one yard per, uh, for play, I think, for the first half for LSU on offense. So Mississippi State defense is really good. I think AM's off a bye. It helps them a little, but this is a total coin flip for me. I didn't even touch it. Okay, so those are the college football picks. Uh, we're Preston Johnson, professional sports gambler, in the studio. All right, so we'll go through the super contest picks. By the way, how are you doing in the contest, Preston? I'm I'm not doing as well as you, even after you're one and four. Dude, I'm not doing well. <laughs> What's your overall record? Do you have it off the top of your head? No, sorry, 22 and I guess 13. Yeah, I'm only four games over 500, so you still got me by like four. All right, well, yeah, yeah but you're the professional. You do this for a living. Um Let's get started. Uh, I guess we'll start with a game we both have. Did you take? You said you took the Steelers. Steelers, right? yeah. yeah okay, so we both have the Steelers favored by eight. I know it's a big number, and as a professional gambler, you're probably an underdog player. Or do you play numbers and it, it not teams? Yeah, it's usually numbers, and it can be either an underdog or a favorite. I would say generally, more underdogs are probably, probably betting fifty-five to sixty percent underdogs, just by coincidence. I'm yeah, not, I'm not trying to look for underdogs only or anything, but. So Steelers by eight, uh, what is it, the, the psychology of Mike Tomlin coming off a bye. Pittsburgh had, uh, I guess, five tur- uh, Cleveland was plus five in the in turnovers. That, in that and that was a game? tie. Yeah. Now, right. Tyrod Taylor was a QB, though. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's better at quarterback, but ultimately they're going to be better, meaning the Steelers, off of the bye. By raw number, not even accounting for a bye week, which is worth about 1.2 points, uh, historically, a bye week is. Uh, it's ten point two. Wow! So, so at eight, like I'm, I'm going to be betting eight, especially for the super contest. It's like my fourth or fifth biggest edge of the week. Now, uh, I know people out there listening will hear raw number. Sure. What can you talk about? What goes into your number? I don't. I, you don't have to reveal your secret oh, sauce. Yeah. But no, that's fine. I, I have like a set of power ratings that I do and adjust manually every week, and then I have a model that actually just spits out a number based on the data from this year and some data entering the season. And I kind of weigh the two together to get a, a number. And there's some other guys I'm talking with and trading information with that give me some ideas on certain games and sides throughout the week. But I generally am going to trust my numbers versus where the market is. I've actually, NFL's been pretty good so far. Um, so I'm probably due to, to have a bombing week now that I'm here with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. That, listening to you, you know your stuff. So we'll go Steelers. We both agree. Yep. Who's your, Give me your next play. So we're opposite on this one, I think. Oh, no. I, I think they're a total mess. The Jaguars plus three. Oh, damn. You use the Eagles. But I, I cannot blame anybody. So I actually went and sat down the other night deciding, and I almost went with the five ugliest just on the card because it feels like Bills. Like, how are you going to bet the Packers against the Rams? How are you going to bet the Broncos against the Chiefs? Yeah. And then Raiders and Jags are messes. And I use the Raiders and Jags, though, just because I feel I like almost both of them should have been a round pick, I think, and you're getting a field goal. I just had to do it with the number. And honestly, if, 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 if Marone can't get something – did you hear that post game? After, he was ticked off. He yeah. was really upset. If he can't get this out of their players this week, then they're done. But this is the week I think that they're, you're going to max effort, absolute max effort. Okay, fine, max effort. No AJ Bouye in the secondary. We know Al- beat up, yeah. Alshon Jeffries back, playing well. Aguilar should have a big day. I I wish the Eagles didn't blow that 17-0 lead in the fourth quarter of the Panthers. Because then there would have been more value on the Jags. Right? I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable betting the Jags. Yeah. I, something's wrong with the They can't run the football at all. But uh, Lamar Miller, I think he had 100 yards uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe. Against the Jags? Yeah, against yeah, the Jags. Yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. I mean, it was. I was on the Jags last week, and that one hurt. It did. I mean, it, did you have them all? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 
See, I wonder about the raw numbers. Because remember, last year they were getting all the turnovers, Preston. And right. now, all of a sudden this year, they're not getting them. And Bortles is turning it over on top of it. It's not even that like they're they're in the middle. I think they are second in the NFL, or I should say second worst in giveaways. Yeah. Let mm-hmm. me ask you about in-game betting. So uh, there was a great stat. Uh, I think the Jags last year were 10-2 and two when they scored first. You know, they'd ride mm-hmm. the defense in the running game. This year, 3-0 and oh when they score first. 0-4 oh, when they don't. So, is there value if the Eagles get on the board with an early touchdown? Go up 7 nothing. Is there value in-game against the Jags? I would say that it's a pretty small sample. Yes. So you don't want to take everything right. you know straight off of that. But there's something to it logically where when they score first, especially last year when Leonard Fournette was healthy, yes. but they could rely on a run game. And their defense is so good that with a lead, they're tough to beat. When they're playing from behind and you have to give it to Blake Bortles, yeah. then that's going to actually compound the negativity. Sports right? Sports psychology, yeah. right? Yeah. Blake Bortles. Now there's pressure. Remember, in that Patriots game, they led, I guess, for most of sure. the first 50 minutes. And then they went into a shell. So, anyways, he's got Jags. I've got Eagles. What's your next play? Uh, I went with the Raiders. So we were talking about that. That's yeah. just such an ugly one. They should be a favorite at home against the Colts. But I know oh, they on. traded Amari Cooper. And I'm not anti-Colts. I, I actually I, I like the Colts, and I think Andrew Luck's one of the more impactful quarterbacks in the NFL. He gets overlooked because you know he didn't play last year. Right. And they're not great. The Colts aren't a great team. Uh, but this is a bad number. I just had to take it a field okay, goal. Okay. So home. How, how on earth, based on what the Raiders have done, which is like nothing this season? You know, they still have like a top 10 offense and offense efficiency. I think they're 10th or 11th in, in then yards per play. They aren't converting them to points as often as they should. They kind of have the Atlanta Falcons syndrome from last year where they'd get into the red zone a lot or that gray area and just stall for whatever reason. But a lot of that's just variance and kind of bad luck. Uh, defensively, they're really bad, especially against the pass. So, I mean, they're not going to really be stopping the Colts. I, I mean, I actually looked at betting the over, too. I had a, a two-point discrepancy in the total. Um, but for the Super Contest, uh, I used plus three, and, and I bet like a half unit or a half-sized wager on the Raiders at plus three with my actual money, too. Okay, so when I look at the Raiders' schedule and, you know, uh, some of these games are crazy. They actually had like three huge plays against the Dolphins. Jordy Nelson yeah, who yeah. had a big game. Are the numbers skewed when you say they have a good offense? I mean, they could not move the ball against the Chargers. They could not move the ball against Seattle and London. And uh, other than a couple lucky, Jared Cook had a good start in that Rams game. I I don't know where these offensive numbers come from. Are they inflated because of that Cleveland Browns 45-42? They're probably slightly inflated from the Browns game. Uh, They're obviously, they're really their only extremely bad game was that Seattle one, which is, I think, why the line is where it's at now. Because that just happened last week. And people, the public, you know, the market, they'll react to what happened most recently. And so I kind of kind of just have to throw that out the window. Plus, it was in London. I think those games are just funky anyways. Okay. So I, I trust the Raiders more than what I saw last week overall. Let me – I know you said you uh, got a master's in sports psychology. Sure. When you see this offensive line, Derek Carr crying, allegedly, whatever, does that play – can you put that – you can't quantify it, so how do you – you that's know, a, that's rectify. A, that's a really good question. I don't want to have a ton of time probably for the segment. That, that's like a when you see something like that. So for me, I kind of look for that stuff just because I'm, I'm doing it anyway. And I worked with a lot of athletes and coaches, you know, when I was in college, and I saw it. It showed me a couple things. One, he's obviously frustrated about the way the season's going. They're not playing great, but he cares a lot. Like Derek Carr cares. I think he's. You're, you're not crying and you're not upset like that if you don't want to win and you're not putting in it's so wrong. much work and it's then wrong. getting beat up anyways. So that it told me that they are trying and that Derek Carr probably has what it takes, at least emotionally, to be a good quarterback and a winning quarterback, and he's putting in the work. It just hasn't gone right for him yet, and then he's obviously upset about it. So I think it's a positive uh, sentiment, I think, coming from that. That's the vibe I got, at least. 
So I'm at FS1 and I'm walking the halls and there's former coaches and GMs always. Uh And one mentioned to me in the offseason, the thing to keep an eye on is like John Gruden is like a a dude. You know, he's cursing like a sailor. Uh Derek Carr, very religious. You know, he's the guy who doesn't say bad words. He's They're just totally different people. So it could be some sort of uncomfort there, too, for Derek Carr. Yeah, I think that there's an underlying tone there. Because, you know, Derek Carr, like, he's super-duper religious. Like, you go on his social media, and I I mean, I'm kind of religious myself, not as much as Carr. And I just wonder if there's just a, a level of comfort that doesn't exist yet. That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, that could be. All right, anyways, let's move on to the next one. I, I, I'll give you one. I got the Seahawks on the road getting three in Detroit. Where are you on the Lions? So... Last week, Miami's Miami, and Brock Oswell actually played pretty well. He did. And he kept him in it. But they, I think it was 248 rushing yards for the Lions, and like 149 were Carrion Johnson yeah. on only 18 carries. Well, he did have like a 70-yarder or something. Yeah, yeah that skews some right, stuff. Right. But if th- this is a really big swing game for me on the Lions' perception because if Matthew Stafford actually has a running game, a legitimate running game. They've never had it. And he still kind of keeps them in games anyways. The Lions could end up being a, a playoff they're going to probably be a playoff team, actually. I, I would probably bet them at some ridiculous number if I could find them at 50 or 60 to 1 to win it all. Uh, if they're able to get past the Seahawks and they're able to duplicate the run game one more time. I didn't bet the game, though. I think the line's pretty fair at 3. See, I, you, you say that, but look at the defense, Preston. 26th <laughs> in rush yards allowed for Detroit. Yeah. 32nd in run yards per play. 30th in rushing yards allowed per game. Now, some of that's skewed by the Jets opener, right? They, they couldn't tackle Crowell, crazy. like... But I, uh, you know, the Chiefs are down there in the same categories. That's what I would throw at you. Is in this day and age, the teams, if you have a better offense, that's more predictive of, of wins and success than defenses now. And Just the know. way it's called yeah. and the way the game is. Shuck. So maybe I don't like that Seahawks. Play. I, I don't know. I don't hate. it. I think it's actually a pretty close to fair line, and the Seahawks could easily, you know, cover or lose a close game. I just think that this is the swing game for if Detroit's for real or not. So I'm, that, I'm just kind of sitting back and watching. The division is kind of up for grabs, totally, right? I mean, totally, yeah. you know, the Packers down, Vikings, we'll see. Bears have scuffled the last two weeks. I wanted to take the Bears here. Are you on Bears or You're, Jets? Are you a Jets fan, right? I, I am. Yeah. I think it's the first time in like three weeks that my Jets number isn't off where I bet against the Jets the last two weeks. I had Colts and. Oh, you had Vikings. And and so, and Vikings, excuse me, at three. Yeah. So I, I, I bet the Vikings and then I actually saw plus eight in the real market. I know the super contest at seven. But I, I, I kind of like plus eight, actually. I mean, their, like, their injury report, that's another team. No depth. Yeah. And Sam Darnold against competent defenses has been is pretty that, bad. I saw your great note on that. Oh, did yeah. you see that? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so you have Jags, Steelers, Raiders. Give me your last two. All right, this is actually my favorite bet of the week. So, Bengals, I, I bet oh, my, woof. my real money at minus three and a half. But it's four and a half in the contest. I still like it. It should be around six. And I think we're just getting some extra love. Uh, for two reasons. For some reason, the market keeps pounding the Buccaneers every week. I'm not really sure why. Uh, they were I like, think it's they, the early they, they were only plus three at the Falcons on the road two weeks ago. And granted, the Falcons tried to blow the game. But they did, yeah. that was one, and they ended up kicking it to win by five of the Falcons covered. But uh, I, I love the Bengals here off of that draft. They got crushed by the See, Chiefs. Is like, that a psychological thing? Like uh, the, it's, pu- the general public sees a Sunday night blowout, but they quit watching in half, and then you fade that you know, next week everybody's going to go against that team, so you want to be on them. Yeah, I'm not necessarily trying to do that automatically, right, but if right. it lines up with my numbers, I think that's why that's one of the potential reasons that the market is too low on this Bengals game. They the, the couple times they've played a team that's so I, I think the Buccaneers are second to last in defensive pass efficiency. Yeah. The Falcons were down there. They played another. They, they even scored 34 on the Ravens, who have the number one defensive pass uh, efficiency in the entire league. 
but the, the, they scored 37 on the Falcons. I mean, they should be able to score okay. a ton of points. So over 28.5 for the Bengals is also a bet. So my problem with that is some of those offensive numbers were when Tyler Eifert was healthy. Yeah, no, Since he's been out, the offense has struggled. They should have lost to Miami. That was one of the worst beats of the year. Yeah. Two defensive touchdowns in the fourth. But uh, the Bengals injury report, okay? Starting cornerback, Denard, out. Starting linebacker, Nick v- Vigil, out. Perfect out. John Ross out. Bernard out. Uh, you know, you know what? We're gonna come. We're gonna. We got to go to break here. Uh, but let's come back and sure, finish sure. this because yeah. this is fun. I don't. I don't know if the listeners love it, but I love diving into it. I would want to ask you, Preston, how much do injuries play a part in your handicapping? I mean, you can't really quantify them, but how much do they matter? So we'll talk more NFL after this. Back here on the Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We got professional handicapper. Do you prefer professional gambler or professional handicapper? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, just, just say gambler. Preston yeah. Johnson, you know him as Sports Cheetah on Twitter. We, I mean, there's so much good stuff. We're going to keep him for another segment. We'll do five more juicy minutes on this. So... Uh, you know, I was telling Preston, I go on the FS1 gambling show, Lock It In, and obviously they'll want to know, like, what games should we talk about? And and I'll offer games where I think there's value. And, of course, Preston knows as a gambler, oh, yeah, I love, like, Coastal Carolina this weekend. Well, you can't tell a producer on a TV show, let's I, I like Coastal Carolina, because they're going to be like, the audience is going to change the channel. But at the same time, if the audience wants value and picks... Sometimes you're going to go have to go obscure and off the board. And that's going to be a tough one. Like, Preston, if you're going to go on a TV gambling show this week, they're going to say, I need a pick, Packers-Rams. Everybody's talking about that game. What do you got for us? And yeah. what do you say? You know, that's it's, that's the tough part about doing this sometimes when you're writing articles or doing shows or podcasts. I, I will say there's going to be a lot more opportunity in those smaller games, the smaller market games, just because the market isn't as liquid. It's not bet into as often. And and ultimately Rams Packers is going to be a huge, it's a popular game. To be honest, to answer your actual question, if I was to bet anything, I think I would just take Packers money line. It's it's either, <laughs> it's either going to be they win outright and you can get whatever it is, like plus 350. Yeah. Or they're going to lose by 28 or something. It's funny. So I do, I started a podcast coming up winners yep, yep. and we do a money line pick. I oh, went nice. Packers money line, even though I like the Rams to win big here. Yeah, it's, it's one or the other, in my opinion. I'd yeah. be shocked if it really came down to the 8, 9, 10 range. just feels like one of those. Yeah. So uh, let's go with your final super contest pick. He went with Bengals, his favorite pick of the week. Luckily, I tapped, took out the bucks of mine. He went Jaguars. We're against each other. He went Steelers and what am I missing? Raiders. Raiders. Who I, I Good luck on that one. What's your final pick? Last one is Broncos plus 10. Wow. Yeah, and, and I didn't put real money on this, so I'm not telling everyone to. In the Super Contest, you know, I'll generally maybe have three or four NFL picks a week, but this is like the last choice. I had to just go with one, and my number says it should be closer to seven. Like even uh, when they played in Denver a few weeks back, it closed three and a half. And you can assume it, home field in, in the NFL is worth roughly two to 2.25 points. I thought it was three. It's That's a misconception. That's okay. too high, to be completely honest. You could... You can probably Google it and kind of look up some numbers that have been run, but it's it's a, it's less in the NFL. Uh, college is going to be higher. College is going to be a three to four, sometimes five, like for a Hawaii, Boise State, Wyoming. Now, I do wonder, uh, like a Denver home field advantage, but also Kansas City at night. Now, this game's during the day at sure. 1 o'clock. I think there's probably got to be a half point KC at night. 
Pittsburgh at night, New England at night. I actually have Kansas City higher home field advantage than Denver, even though they altitude really? and that. Yeah, it's like uh, probably point two points higher. Huh? So that, that comes in really high. But uh, Seattle's up there. But yeah. and ultimately, you can talk about all that stuff. It's fun. How are you getting in front of the Pat Mahomes train? Exactly. With yeah. the Denver team that I know this is the third time they've seen Mahomes. Right? They saw him in Week 17 last year, I think. Oh, good call. And then yeah. earlier this year, so. And I use the analogy for baseball, right? The first time through the lineup, wow, man, that guy's throwing smoke. And then the second and third time, you maybe so yeah. maybe Denver's. I I just keep coming back to this, man. Vance Joseph is an awful yeah. coach. Yeah, that's fair. He's I mean, terrible against the spread. Terrible on the road. He's not a good motivator. Listen, Joel Klatt was on here in the first hour, and Joel Klatt said, "Denver Broncos, Lincoln Riley." I mean, he's not saying it's going to happen, but John Elway can uh, convince people of stuff. Keep an eye on Lincoln him. Riley. Is he's one? Of, he's like the McVay kind of Shanahan esque minds offensively. Like he would be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. If I think we could no only problem. get him to the Jets. I Re- don't think it's a geographical fit. But real quick though, you're making points. I think why you have to just take the Broncos. The number's too high. But the Chiefs eventually the market's going to catch up to the Chiefs. They're seven and zero against the spread against the closing line. The last time I bet against them though was the Broncos a few weeks back. But when it was plus four and a half, right. you remember they were up ten, uh, up four or no they're up ten and then it was fourteen straight for the right. Chiefs and it landed four and it closed three and a half. So it kind of came down to when you bet this, the side. And after that game, I, I swore off betting against the Chiefs, at least for the time being. <laughs> well, now so, you're back on it. Well, so, it's a super contest. Oh, that's right, yeah. contest. So, quick note, Chiefs defense awful. All the numbers say they're bad. Yeah. Last two games at home, I believe, was Jacksonville, where mm-hmm. they shut them down, and Cincinnati, where they shut them down. It's gotten better. Is there something changing? They went from, I think, 30 or 31st in the NFL to 25th now or 26th right. now. So, I mean, they've improved. And sure. Eric Berry's going to come back, hopefully, eventually. That, Justin Houston. I, I'm really intrigued by that. I think Eric Berry, it's weird to say just one player on defense because we were talking about quantifying the value yeah. of players on defense or, or a quarterback or a running back or star receiver. Eric Berry's one of those guys. He could swing. You're saying they're one of your top four Super Bowl contenders that could win it. He could be the difference, ultimately. If they can just get to being an average defense, league average defense with that offense, with Eric Berry there, you know, then they have a shot, I think. He's like an Earl Thomas type game sure. changer. All right, my last pick, uh, I went Eagles, Steelers, Seahawks, we talked about. I went Saints and Ravens. You know, I I don't know. They're, these are coin flip games, which stinks. Yeah, I think both are. I, I have the Vikings a small favorite, my numbers, and now they're like, you can get like plus two in the market. I, I think everyone's back in that Saints buzzer beater revenge playoff yeah. pass thing. And then where are you, Ravens? I've missed on them the last two times. Coin flip Uh, for me. I'm I'm not betting it, I don't think. Yeah, that's a side stay away game. All right, well, hey, Preston Johnson, great stuff. You can follow him on social media, at Sports Cheetah. He gave us like 30 really good minutes. He's a professional handicapper or a professional gambler. He's smart. You're going to see him on this guy on TV soon, folks. Preston Johnson, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, we go back to the NBA. Bill O'Ram, I saw him at the Lakers home opener Saturday. He writes for The Athletic. We're going to talk to him about the Rondo Lonzo stuff and the Lakers Spurs game tonight. But first, here's Isaac Lowenkron with the latest in sports. Jason, today's college football action underway with number 20 Wisconsin visiting Northwestern. Badgers quarterback Alex Hornibrook out with a concussion. Sophomore Jack Cohn starting in his place, and the Badgers have a 7-0 lead over Northwestern. 4.49 left to play in the first quarter on a four-yard touchdown run by Alec Ingold. Number two, Clemson and Florida State are scoreless at the 6-18 mark of the first quarter. John Heyman of MLB Network reports that the New York Mets have a deal in place to hire agent 
Brody Van Wagenen as their new general manager. Van Wagenen is currently the co-head of creative art, creative artists agencies, baseball division. He's negotiated deals for Robinson Cano, Ryan Zimmerman, and the Mets' own Jonas Cespedes. Now, previously, when pro sports teams have gone the agent route with their general managers, it's actually worked out pretty good. Cases in point, Bob Myers of the Golden State Warriors and Rob Lowe, <clears throat> excuse me, Rob Palenka of the Lakers. Meanwhile, tonight at 8.09 Eastern on Fox, Game 3 of the World Series with the Red Sox up two games to one over the Dodgers, who captured Game 3 only nine hours ago on Max Muncy's game-winning home run in the bottom of the 18th inning, ending the longest game in World Series history after seven hours and 20 minutes Finally, Jason Tyler Kepner of the New York Times came up with this gem of a note. Game three lasted 15 minutes longer than the entire 1939 World Series did between the Yankees and the Reds. Back to you. Wow. Isaac Lohenkron with the latest in sports. Thank you, Isaac. Really good stuff there. Jeez. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, uh, we spent a lot of time on the NFL today. It's obviously a lot of fun, and there's a, it's a great weekend ahead. But we have, must go back to uh, the NBA and obviously the Lakers. Listen, folks, I've been telling you, the Lakers are going to be a story all season. This is just fascinating stuff. Now we got the Rondo versus Lonzo. I don't want to say it's an alleged story, but that's the storyline. The Lakers win two of three with Lonzo. He's got to be the starter. So to help us sift through the chaos, Bill O'Ram, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic, joining us. Bill, good morning. How are you? Good, Jason. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Uh, I guess you're in San Antonio, the big uh, Lakers-Spurs game. Lakers coming off that win over the undefeated Denver Nuggets. And, Bill, uh, can you talk to us? What What's your sense from Luke Walton and, and the Lakers, how they're going to handle the return of Rondo and then Brandon Ingram from suspension? Yeah, they're both interesting. Um, and, you know, the, the Lakers had Rondo start the season at point guard, um, you know, for, for several reasons, but, but mostly, in my opinion, to protect Lonzo Ball from having the kind of season he did last year where every single move he made was broken down and, and scrutinized and, and, you know, really to his detriment, um, you know, to start Rondo and bring and bring Lonzo along and let him show that he's better and then eventually ease him back into that starting job. But given kind of this unexpected opportunity Lonzo had this week to start those three games, he looked so good. I don't, I don't know that there is any case to start to start Rajon Rondo again. really, um, and, and it's and it's not it's not to say that Rondo wasn't good when he played uh, those first two games. He did look pretty good next to LeBron James. Um, he was uh, they they had really good chemistry. Two of the most cerebral players in the game. But the bottom line is the Lakers have been much better with with, with Rondo in the backcourt. He's been um, you know averaging around twelve seven and seven. He, the Lakers net rating with him on the floor is is close to twelve. And, and then the way he defends. I mean, you saw what he did to Jamal Murray against Denver, picking him up full court, um, really getting under his skin. I feel like he has he has the physical strength this year to actually engage in the kinds of battles that he mentally wanted to a year ago, 
but it was just was too weak to, to, to do. So I think um, really we're seeing kind of the Lonzo Ball, I think a lot of people anticipated a year ago. He finally looks like a number two overall pick. Interesting. We're talking about Bill O'Ram, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. So, Bill, let me ask you, though. When you look at LeBron's history, he likes playing with veterans. He does not love playing with rookies, young guys, because he trusts veterans more, whether it was in Miami, the second tour of duty in Cleveland. I just wonder, uh, you know, it was only a sample size of, you know, two and a half games. Do you think LeBron will have any input in this, or is this strictly a Luke Walton decision? Well, I mean, LeBron has been has been really in Lonzo Ball's corner for a long time. You go back to last year with kind of the tweets he sent about him, and then, and then this season also, um, kind of the same thing. Uh, but after the game in Denver, Lonzo, me, LeBron went really hard for Lonzo. Um, called him one of the most cerebral players in the game, one of the most active defensive guards in the game. And so I don't think LeBron has any problem with Lonzo Ball. And then, in addition to that, this is a different LeBron. He's in a different situation. He said after the game the other night, I knew what I got myself into. So he, he, has, he has at least outwardly said all the right things about being part of a team that isn't quite rebuilding, but is certainly in a different stage of its development than the teams that he's been used to playing in in Cleveland and Miami. And, and look, LeBron gets it. He knows that if he's going to win a championship in L.A. in the next two or three years, he's going to need to bring some of these young guys along with him. Right. And, and so Lonzo Ball is going to have to be at that level. Brandon Ingram is going to have to be at that level. Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. Um, and, and so it really is to everyone's benefit long-term for those guys to be at their best playing next to LeBron James. And look, that is what has happened over the last three games when the Lakers have had these suspensions. The Lakers have won two out of three, starting Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. They were all rookies last year. And they right now are the Lakers are part of the Lakers' best lineup with LeBron James and JaVale McGee. So things are actually aside from the fact that Brandon Ingram just hasn't been part of that for three games, everything else is like playing out as the best uh, as the best possible scenario after um after after the after the way the season started. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bill, as you were saying that, it it got me thinking like I know some people are saying, well, listen, LeBron took his buddy Chris Paul aside during that incident. I know he's got a rich history with his banana boat buddy, Chris Paul. Do you think he's uh, upset at Rondo for spitting in the face of one of his buddies? Uh, you know, I've had that conversation with people. I don't know the answer definitively. Um, uh, you know, I, Le- LeBron, I think, has it, it's, it's an interesting question. It's, it's, worth, it's worth discussing and debating. I don't know the answer. I think, um, you know, the answer you'd want to hear is that, 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 LeBron understands that it's teammates first, and I think that that is true with him. But it, it certainly didn't help his, his narrative with, um, you know, him, him pulling Chris Paul away from the fracas uh, rather than getting in there and maybe pulling some Lakers out. But in that situation, you get to whoever's closest to you and uh, and, and get it stopped. So, um, you know, LeBron joked about it and said and said that uh, you know he and, he and Chris aren't friends anymore. Uh, but, <laughs> but other than that, other than that, I mean, the Lakers have pretty much moved on from from the brawl. Uh, all right, let me get you out of here on this one. Well, I kind of got two more. So what, what's your take on the Kuzma versus Ingram situation? I know that they think, similar to Lonzo, that Ingram is part of the future. But it feels like Kuzma is part of the now. I know he doesn't play a lick of defense, but offensively, he's really something nice. I mean, he is just a great scorer. And I do wonder, Lonzo and Kuzma on and off the court are buddies. I know the social media stuff, people said, oh, they're not friends. They're tight. And... 
when I see what they've got together, I wonder, does bringing them off the bench or making them both starters, does that make sense, keeping them kind of together as a package? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense. And the Kuzma, the Kuzma thing is, is going to be, I think, even more complicated than, than the Rondo ball thing because Brandon Ingram, the, the Lakers view Brandon Ingram just as a higher caliber player than Kyle Kuzma, which, is not, which again, not a criticism of Kyle Kuzma, but like you said, Kuzma's a little more one-dimensional, um, you know, focused a lot more on the offensive end of the ball. They're trying to turn Brandon Ingram into an elite defender. they got a ways to go, but that's certainly the goal. Um, you know, does more offensively, can create, um, and you know, has looked pretty good when he's moving without the ball also. But the numbers haven't been there, and he's looked a little out of place this season. And again, we're talking about a really small sample yeah. size before the suspension, but Kyle Kuzma has come in and looked and looked sensational. He's been great offensively. He's been he's you know played with that alpha mentality that um, that LeBron certainly likes to have next to him. So it it does create a really interesting question: what you do with 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 Brandon Ingram when he comes back in on Monday in Minneapolis. I I think that Ingram starts and Kuzma goes back to the bench, but that does raise the question yeah. that you're 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 raising. What, what about the great chemistry between Ingram and, and Kuz? And I think. I think the bottom line is if the Lakers do end up separating them, um, they'll still find a lot of time for them to be on the court together because this is going to be, um, you know, the Lakers are going to be, you know, playing a lot of different lineups. They can to figure things out. But um, I think the chemistry you're more concerned about at this point is, is Lonzo and, and LeBron James. But uh, the Kyle Kuzma thing I do think is really interesting, how you handle it when, when Brandon Ingram comes back. All right, Bill, real quick. Uh, I know you don't want to put too much in an early season game, but they already lost one to the Spurs. There are four games against San Antonio this season. And I got to say, you don't want to go in that 0-2 hole because that Western Conference could be tight. You know, any thoughts on the importance of this game in San Antonio tonight? Well, I just think they're all important in the Western Conference. And I, I mean, you, I've raised the point you just made. With, hey, I mean, it's really in those runs in the season and you wouldn't worry too much about a 3 a three game losing streak in February maybe but because it's the start of the season and you know how how tight the margins are in the Western Conference there does seem there is a real sense of urgency especially because of the hole they dug themselves into to start the season you're right I mean San Antonio is a team that could be right there in the mix with the Lakers you know anywhere from that six to you know ten slot in the Western Conference and so you don't want to have already conceded the tiebreaker in the first week of the season so, um, yeah, I, I do think there's a, a little bit of extra motivation to get the win in San Antonio. Uh, the Lakers looked good against the Spurs last week. That was a, obviously a, a close game. I think um, the, the key will be just finding somebody who can, who can challenge DeMar DeRozan and, and, slow, and slow LaMarcus Aldridge in the post. I mean, yeah. DeRozan's one thing. You have perimeter defenders. Uh, the Lakers are really hurting in the post. They don't have, they don't have big guys they can throw at uh, – at, at Lamarcus Aldridge, Javale McGee, and then basically uh, small ball by committee. So, uh, you know, if Jonathan Williams, who's on a two-way contract, can actually contribute and get good minutes getting us with Lamarcus Aldridge, the Lakers have a shot. Great stuff. Bill O'Ram, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. Thanks a lot, Bill. Enjoy the game tonight. You guys, Jason. All right, folks. Coming up next, we will wrap the show. We didn't get the JMAC 12-pack out. I think I'll fire that. I got some bad news about a college football pick I gave out. We'll finish up the show next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Woo! Been a fast show. Real quick. I'm getting reports from uh, the, my son's soccer game. Not good. Oh, gosh. Now I'm going to be ticked off going home. I need a nap, though. 
after last night's Halloween party. Do they give participation pro- uh, trophies? You know, they. I think they do. Somebody had literally, is that you who texted me that, Gavin? Somebody just like a minute ago. Well, it's not me because I'm here and I can just Quick talk question. to Quick <laughs> question. Uh, tr- trophies, something. Oh, jeez. All right, uh, Nick, let me get, get, give me your thoughts quickly on Nick is all hot for going after me for saying um, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry are the best duo of the modern era. Take it away. Okay, well, here's the thing. I mean, forget about Curry and KD for now over Pippen and Jordan. That's a whole nother thing. You, okay, so did I see that you modified your stance of Kobe and Shaq fifth? Of the all-time tandems, is that correct? Yeah, I guess I guess I would put Kobe you and Shaq fourth. Uh, but what, who are they better than? Magic and Jabbar? No, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, I mean, but I think it was a LeBron Wade that that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and here, I'll give you this: if they didn't, ch- if the LeBron didn't choke against the Mavericks, I might give you that. But that happened, so I can't. But. Katie and Curry, number one tandem ever, man. Wait, That's, wait, 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 wait. Kobe and Shaq didn't choke against the Pistons? Who was the star of that Pistons team? They got boat raced, Nick. They lost Malone. That was a big Carl deal. Carl Malone, 39-year-old Carl okay, Malone but, or whatever? Okay but, okay, but he was a big presence in that team, Jason. Come on, that was a big loss. I mean, I'm not saying that even if they had him, that they would have won because they got smoked. But still, that was a big loss. But Kobe, Shaq... The, Jason, it's about the level of competition, right? So okay, I mean, so so who do you want Kobe and Shaq ahead of? I I got him up. I got him. Okay, on your list, I got him third. I got him above, you know, LeBron and Wade. I don't have him above, and I got him above Katie and Curry too. Absolutely, you have Katie and Curry way too high. Katie and Curry below Kobe and Shaq. You're not, you're not serious. I am dead serious. Okay, Kobe and Shaq, not even the best at their position ever. Okay, this isn't a two-on-two hypothetical, Nick. Right? That's not what this is. Uh, Two-on-two, Kobe and Shaq would be dominant. Michael Jordan and Pippen would be dominant. Like, it's not two-on-two. But best duo, like, Curry and Durant are unguardable. Like, nobody can guard in the league Kevin Durant. He's unstoppable. They can guard Shaq. Who guards Shaq? Well, nobody could guard Shaq. Shaq was totally dominant. However, I'll put it to you. Would Shaq be totally the same dominant player he was then that he is now? In or, this, I'm sorry, in this, what Shaq was 15 years ago, dominant player in the league, would he be as dominant in the current NBA? <laughs> Even more so. With really? This, you know, this offensive league? Oh, my, yes. But he doesn't shoot outside the paint. The reason Anthony Davis is becoming uh, the, one of the best players in the league, he's now making threes. He can make 15-footers. L- Curry will trade you twos for threes all day. All day. Durant will trade you twos for threes all day. I don't know. I'm not d- d- denigrating Shaq. I think he's one of the three best centers in NBA history. I love him. The the one other thing I would I would come back with is that the surrounding cast of the current Warriors is better than what the Lakers had yes. in those early 2000 years. So that their duo meant more to the team. Well, I mean, Gavin, I, I thought the Lakers, when they picked up Gary Payton and Carl Malone, they had four Hall of Famers. They were washed. Well, I mean, Nick's <laughs> just saying they didn't have Carl Malone in that series. That was huge. Like, four Hall of Famers. I don't know that the Warriors have four. I mean, Clay's really good. Is he a Hall of Famer? Clay's a Hall of Famer, Jason. Come on. He's so underrated. Come on. He's one of the best shooters he's a ever. Gr- well, okay, he's a great shooter. Hall of Famer? It's yeah, I think it's a little years, early. It's yeah. early. Fine. Draymond Green, Hall of Famer? Mm, 
I mean, defensive player of the year, Hall of Fame, like. Yeah. I mean, listen, when Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars were on the Pistons, I think Isaiah Thomas, he won one MVP, and I think Dumars got the other. Ain't no way Clay Thompson has sniffed an MVP in the final. Jason, it's the NBA Hall of Fame. Come on. I know. Everybody gets in except If Yao Ming is in, I, I could get in. <laughs> if Yao Ming is Yao opened China. I'm just uh, kidding. To, Come on. He, just, he wasn't a great NBA player. Let's be honest. He's very good. Mm, um, okay. And Nick, Nick, while you're here, uh, were you on the James Harden injury and the Rockets 1-4 and four start? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting, but hey, what about? I'm surprised you haven't been all over uh, OKC's terrible start. They stink. Uh, I mean, Rondo or Lonzo? Who you got? Oh, Lonzo. No, Lonzo. All Everybody's day. He's, saying he's, Lonzo. He, okay. He's a better defender easily. He's so underrated defensively. And Jason, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but he is shooting so much better. Forty I mean, hey, percent from three. Thank you, Gavin. And that's the thing. Like, Small Ron, sample size. I, I like seeing Rondo Aaron's. making layups, but come on, you'd hinder his progress so far, in my opinion. Also, it's Lonzo's birthday, not Rondo's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, it was a fun show, ladies and gentlemen. The podcast will be up shortly. Thank you to our four guests. Thank you, Tinder Nick, Gavin, Iowa Sam, Isaac with the updates. Um, NFL, man, pray for, pray for your boy. I need a comeback. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 